0: Today's guest is an actor, musician, Broadway star, and maybe best known for being an original member of Bravo Network's TV show, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Uh, But today he is on the podcast because he is also an exotic pet keeper and enthusiast, and he shares his love and appreciation for these animals with his massive audience. So I want to welcome to the show today, Jay Rodriguez.
1: Richard, uh, first hey, thank of all, thanks, you. thanks for having me on. This is so surreal. You know, I, as you mentioned, I, I work in entertainment and I'm around a lot of celebrities all the time. But I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to the king of tarantulas. I've been following your <laughs> channel. For a while now, and it really got me through the pandemic. And I discovered you because of a lot of aquariums and YouTube suggests other channels. At first, to be honest, I was really like, "This guy is wild. You have a big personality." And so I was watching for your personality. But in the process, I started really um, becoming less afraid of the idea of tarantulas. Not that I wanted to keep them, and uh, and then over time, you know, I it just you would use specific words. Like uh, uh, never threat prosed at me or rarely kicked hairs. Or um when you use the word <laughs> defensive, I'm like, nope, that's not one for me. Um, but anyway, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm new to the hobby, but like many people who are new to the hobby, I did a ton of research before I was even comfortable and started small and, and got to where I am today.
0: So when, when did it begin for you? Uh, you mentioned yeah. during, the, the pandemic.
1: Kind of during the pandemic, I, I think what it was, was, was um, you know, I think a lot of us got really introspective about the things that matter to us um, during the pandemic and um, were determined to kind of live a, 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 a more full life when we got the chance to. And for me, that meant kind of tackling a lot of the things I was very fearful of, spiders and big bodies of water specifically. Um okay there's things that'll eat you in a pond um, and so you know like I was always one of those guys that um, I liked exotic pets I would like to see them I didn't want them necessarily in my care I've had a dog and a cat and several aquariums and that was enough but then YouTube suggested channels like yours, and then I was watching because of the personalities, the people behind um, the care or husbandry. I just I found the world interesting and fascinatingly enough, I also found my tribe. I found that a lot of the people that I was watching, whether it's the content creators or people on social media, a lot of their personality really fit with mine. And then I realized, oh, it's not them. I'm one of them. It's us. Um, And so for me, I think I I, I did a good amount of research of what tarantulas were and I always have been a fan of an underdog. If you were misunderstood, come hang with me. Um, I generally don't run in the popular cliques. I sort of never have. Um, Fame is occasionally an odd byproduct of what I do, but it isn't always – aligned with every single project I have. So really, you know, the the majority of people that I know and, or I'm very close to are, are the wacky folks who um, live somewhere outside the lines of the norm. And I think when you mention to someone that you keep tarantulas, they often are assuming one and, uh, and probably (laughs) in some heavily guarded, locked up cage. Um, that is not the case for me, but, uh, I started small during the pandemic and that kind of expanded my curiosity.
0: So what was the first tarantula that you have or that okay. you received? So
1: this is horrible, but I, I, I did one of those things where I really love jumping spiders. So this cert is from Tiana, the bug lady from TikTok, um, two of her jumping spiders. And so I started with jumping spiders, kind of very docile. You know, there's cartoons of jumpers. Are you laughing? I'm going to kill you. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I started with jumping spiders, but then when I went to get another they had very small pink toe. And I was like, that's not even really very a tarantula. Cool. I can handle that. <laughs> it's the size of a nickel. I'll be good. And every day I'd make sure it was still in its enclosure. Um, and I had that pink toe for about two months and then it died. And I was so mm. fr- I was so frustrated. And then I went back and told them and they're like, well, you know, slings can be really fragile. And so, you know, off, that's why it was $15. And, uh, and so maybe you want to... Tr- might try your hand at something larger. And I was like, absolutely not. And, but I'm still so curious. <laughs> and because of you, I started like nightly, routinely, and in a ritualistic fashion, opening up Micro Wilderness's website and just looking at it and looking for keywords like, um, new world, like, um, uh, uh you know, does uh, very often, very often does not, uh, act. In a defensive way, or whatever, and so low venom potency. Like there was key things, and then of course, you know, I'd sneak in there pretty, and um, and those <laughs> were my tenants. But then also there was a lot of things where that I would then start there that immediately youtube what you had to say about that specific species and that's how i ended up with the collection i have today but the first one how, how it really happened was i was shooting fantasy island which is a series on fox and uh it'll be on fox this fall coming back for season two and at my character i have this guest star role also conquering his fears and has a scene with a tarantula and it was a Brachypelma pal and large female I didn't know, but I remember having dinner with the director the night before because we shot in Puerto Rico. And I was like, was it black and orange? I'm like trying to get it out of him what kind of spider it is because I'm trying to mentally brace myself. And he's like, yeah, it was. I'm like, I guarantee you, because in one of your v- videos, you mentioned that this spider is heavily used in TV and film. So I was like, of course, it'll be that spider. I get to set. It is that spider. It's a large female. The inter- the person who is the wrangler does not speak English. and the. Oh, wow the pet person who's on set for the ASPCA or whatever, who's meant to keep the pet or the, the, the animals safe was terrified of tarantulas. So I'm stuck there. Like, are we doing rehearsal? Like, am I going to get to like, is someone going to train me in this? Thank God. I had watched several videos about how to handle a tarantula if you have to for a rehouse or if it, you know, if it gets out during a rehouse, you know, you could cup it, but also offering your hand, testing on the back legs first, its temperament gently with a paintbrush and, and then offering it, you know, my hand. Now this particular tarantula has probably more TV credits than I do. So she was fine. (laughs) She was literally in her trailer smoking a cigarette with one of her legs, but she, but literally I offered my hand. And in the first take, just heart racing because the scene is Partially about that, but then it goes on to something entirely different. So you're having a conversation and having to be effortless with this live animal that you've never met. And so I offer it my hand, and (laughs) it happens to, and it gently got on my hand. And I have this whole scene where I'm just bridging it over a table. And it was a dream. We shot it probably like 20 times. And then immediately, I'm like, that's the first one I'm going to get. That's the first one. I'm gonna, how am I going to get it? Am I going to go to micro wilderness? What am I doing? Well, I've been talking about the species so much. Facebook suggested a post of someone rehousing one. Nice. It was in a bad setup. You know, they had gotten one of those uh, creatures tanks from you know a chain pet store, mm-hmm. stuck the plant on the side. And of course, the plant had fallen. And so the tarantula had nowhere to walk because it was just literally a, a plant because they were scared of putting their hand in there. So I got this mail, Brachypema Hamori, uh, from this woman, gave it in great enclosure and um, and was immediately obsessed. But then I only had one and that doesn't seem <laughs> fair. So then I called Nate at Michael Wilderness and I explained my issue that I was newbie. And so I got Lucifer, which is obviously this grandma stole a poultry behind me. Um, I got a curly hair named Murray. Nicaraguan curly hair and the last one I got was I think a Chaco Golden Knee yeah nice. Of yeah and and so those were the kind of the ones I was starting and you know how it goes you know you have a good day someone sneezes the wrong way and all of a sudden you're back up on that Michael Wilderness website <laughs> plus <laughs> Nate and Natasha became like friends and I would send them pictures and videos of my tomfoolery including making this enclosure that would make Liberace weep Um, and you know, like, it's just (laughs) like, I've literally become like the queer eye for the spider guy. And I think part of partially because I couldn't believe I was so comfortable having them in my care. And then when you do have them in your care, you observe their behaviors and they don't seem, I mean, to be honest, the first little while when I would open to feed, they would just scurry. They would just get so afraid of me and that made me feel bad, you know, and now it's different, but, um, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nate's going to be so stoked that you've mentioned him so many times.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I was just – I was literally just – I just saw him the other day because I picked up a really cool, um, unique spider um, from him. And, it. yeah, it's just – I found a palma species white that he had on his website. He had one, and I've been looking at this spider forever because it's like a white – it kind of looks like an Arizona blonde kind of, but white. and um, And he had one on his site, and I've been just – for weeks. That's the first one I wanted. And, uh, finally became available. So I went and talked to him. So, Hey Nate.
0: Nice. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. I like, I like Nate a lot.
1: Yeah. He's invited me to go herping. So I, that, that might be the next thing, Richard. You might see me in the wilderness.
0: Yeah, me too. Maybe we could uh, all do it together. Let's, I'll head let's out to, to LA. It.
1: and <laughs> Listen, I think you should. I love your YouTube channel, but I'm like, if you ever want to transition into television, let's have a conversation. Because I just feel like one of the things I got from you as someone who was not into invertebrates was your, your charisma, your passion, but also your care. For not just conservation, but educating the viewer, so that these animals have the best shot of a good life, because these can easily become a novelty to someone or living art, and then they, the care and the husbandry kind of falls to the wayside. Um, and, and so, I think what you've done so beautifully is invite spiders into our homes in a non-threatening way. Um, and I think I think we should bring that to the masses.
0: <laughs> thank you i appreciate that i've actually talked to a couple casting directors from fox like they they'll oh. contact me about every six months or so there was some like weird pet games show they were wanting to do and they're like sarah silverman's gonna host it and you would be great but then they want me to like uh, sh- show tarantulas doing tricks and i'm like tarantulas don't do tricks
1: <laughs> like, yeah i can't train
0: it. a tarantula <laughs>
1: It's gonna go fetch me a cricket guys. it'll be right back. Um, <laughs> no how I, I, I had this great idea about like you know doing um, you know basically makeovers for people with exotic pets and giving them an opportunity to go in and give better the, the most unique and specific to them their lifestyle and the, the best needs for the, for the animal makeover show um, utilizing people who are specialists in their field. Um, whether it's invertebrates or reptiles. Um, I just I haven't seen anything like it. And it's yeah. partially about the makeover reveal. But more importantly, it's really about the people who care for these animals. I've always found them to be really unique individuals that I think um don't get the spotlight too often and I'd love to tell their stories. Nice. That's kind of a cool
0: concept. Like kind of queer eye for the straight guy, but then also like do you ever watch that show Tanked? But those guys would yeah, go into like wealthy
1: homes. And... That's how, that's why I have five tanks because of them. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, all they're all like you know naturally planted, and you know, I do the organic substance. I have all the things, and I think I didn't see that anywhere. And I think understanding the hobby now more fully the people who care for these animals um, also deserve to have the best available to them. And the hacks, I mean, I have three crested geckos and I made them enclosures, like literally expandable foam and did the silicone with the substrate and the cork hot. I mean, I built these with, you know, bioactively me, that's not something I thought I could do, but (laughs) I learned how how to do it and they're thriving. And so you know that 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 show I think would be great. If you'd like to see that show, comment in the box below. We'll make it.
0: Definitely, I think that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: I I kind of started the same way you did. Like I, I had a fear of spiders, Uh and I also have always kind of been drawn to the underdog. Like I think that's why I like tarantulas and scorpions and snakes so much, is because they're so feared and misunderstood. And for, yep. some, for whatever reason, I kind of I was scared of them but also kind of drawn to them the more i learned about them the more fascinated i became and tell me about I mean, Rosie
1: it, the college tarantula the Chilean <laughs> rose hair you had in college because then after yeah. that video i got two yeah um after that video so i'm uh, listen one is was hilarious and like you know wants to kill the water during water refills uh and the other is just very chill but they're so pretty um yeah. and you were playing with the spider a little bit more in college before you were, you know, knew much about it. And I'm assuming that's not a species that you would handle. <laughs> not I mean that at ever the handled, time.
0: But, yeah. yeah, I mean at the time I handled her all that. like my roommate. We were we were polar opposites. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this in the story you are talking about, but I worked at Hot Topic and he worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, and oh we were dorm we're roommates,
1: opposite sides of the mall. <laughs> You guys-
0: yeah <laughs> uh, so we already had kind of a strained friendship or relationship and yeah. uh you know it, we we would battle for who you know is a tiny little dorm room you know we've got like those loft beds and a yeah. communal couch and you know he, he wanted to bring his boyfriend over i wanted to bring my girlfriend over so we were always kind of like who gets the room and i you know i i Got my first tarantula to kind of overcome my fears and stuff, but quickly realized if I had her out of her enclosure, especially when I was studying or something like that, just crawling around on me, yeah. he would walk in, see it, turn around and walk back. So
1: sometimes Great. I would Great. do that just so I could have the room to study or something like that. Brilliant. Um, so he worked at Abercrombie Fitch and <laughs> he's gay, so he's probably hot. Do we know where he is now? Because I'm very single. I don't, but <laughs> he, he was very attractive. <laughs> oh, geez. And he's probably scared of spiders. Although maybe, you know, honestly, I would love to hear his version of the story today because I wonder if due to that exposure, if now he keeps trying, like if he has had one. Yeah. Curious. That's, that's, Curious that's, where that that's, story I would like went. to know
0: that too. I'll have, to, I'll have to look into that, see if I can find him on
1: he Facebook. Probably, he <laughs> probably watches your channel because I guarantee you someone said, do you know Richard has a channel on YouTube and it's really popular? <laughs> guarantee you. Guarantee he's seen this channel
0: that's that's possible I've yeah. had some people from high school reach out to me that I haven't talked to for 20 odd
1: years yeah, <laughs> like, that's how it goes. I forgot you even existed <laughs> mm-hmm. remember we used to hang out all the time we were best friends I'm like I remember you being really mean to me <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you started out with with fish. Like, uh, are you doing freshwater,
1: saltwater, both? Freshwater. You know, interestingly enough, I started out with. This is how it really went sideways. I got a, a TV, 1950s TV, from a um, a furniture store in New York that had been refurbished into an aquarium, and it was done by an artist. So a vintage TV that has an aquarium in it, and I had freshwater. Didn't really care, you know about you know you know what the vibe of that tank was. It Was my tropical little dump tank. Didn't make sense. There was no rhyme or reason. It wasn't. It was just a cute little freshwater tank. Nothing special. But the design was special. Then I got into betta fish, and I realized that I was keeping them incorrectly during the pandemic. Started YouTubing their care. Only to discover that they needed you know five gallons, you know, or more. They needed a heater and that you could use organic substrate and you could have a planted tank. And I started really learning. So then every little cube, no filter, no heater tank I had, which I think at the time was four, got expanded into five to eight gallon aquariums that were planted. That was all during the pandemic. That's how it started. And then I think the first like you know, jump into anything extra was the jumping spiders. And they were super easy and adorable and and you know handleable if you, if you're into that kind of thing, and I just really kind of they have such big personalities. And then the pink toe, which I sadly killed. Um, but I was but I was also traveling. I was I was shooting this fall in New York, so I needed people, and it usually for about two and a half weeks at a time before I get a break to come home. And so I found that slings and you know jumping spiders, people were fine to. Take care of you know it was easy for them. Miss the enclosure for the for the jumping spiders. Put a cricket in twice a week. People were fine with that. The minute I stepped into tarantulas, that oh that's a that's a special kind of friend that's willing to do that. Um, <laughs> listen, I live. I wish I lived in you know the the hills of the Appalachian Valley because you'd be a great neighbor. Um, I'm yeah. happy to. I'm happy to come in and feed. I can do rehousings. I've learned it all. Very cool. <laughs> You're
0: probably the first person that says they'd be happy to live in the foothills of the
1: Appalachians. I would volunteer gladly. <laughs> I mean, I love it here, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. – it, I know, don't have I just, any uh... – It was interesting when you shared that. I wouldn't have guessed. I don't know why I thought of you as like, oh, he's probably like in like, I don't know, somewhere near like, you know, Northern California. I don't know. I just kind of saw you as like – I don't know. That's the vibe I was getting. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, That happens a lot. Like sometimes I'll be, I'll be talking to these people and they're like, wait, you're where? You're in West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Who's from West Virginia?
1: <laughs> yes. You yeah. have also one video, one of the earlier videos. I don't know if you, if it, I could be completely making this up. But it's a Tarantula Collective t-shirt. And I thought it was in the pride colors, but maybe it wasn't. Am I reading into that? Was there a design no. that was similar? Double-
0: Probably, yeah. I've had a lot okay. of different designs. You but, know, yeah, like something looked a rainbow
1: and I read into it, and I was like, yeah. he's an ally. I'm on this show. Um,
0: <laughs> most but, definitely.
1: But I will say that one of the most fascinating things is once you share that you have a tarantula, you're shocked to find out how many other people have tarantulas um that they don't talk about it because either Mm -hmm. they are nervous about where they live and they don't want the people that you know live in their building to freak out about it or what i found out someone i had um deborah wilson from mad tv she has like a bunch of tarantulas um really and i just they they told me and i was like i've worked with her and she i I can't think if she even told me that but um it tracks because she's a wacky individual and i love her for that but uh yeah
0: yeah, even around here, I'm always very hesitant to bring it up. People ask what I do for a living and stuff. I'm like, oh, a, a film, like <laughs> a, 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 a videographer and photographer, like a. Don't mention right. the tarantulas because they usually, I usually—I mean, sometimes I will—but you know, a lot of times it, it, it kind of turns people off, or at least it steers the conversation into a direction I don't want to go, and 100%. you know, I have to kind of like you know defend keeping tarantulas because they're like, oh, you should just kill it, <laughs> you know? I
1: you I don't like getting it into those or, conversations. Some of, the, some of the bigger ones were it needs so much more space, and I was like, I mine are like this—this this guy didn't leave his burrow. I mean, I'm shocked he's over here, but you know, he's got a massive enclosure and. He he stayed in his little burrow over there for like two months yeah. um, when I first got him. And he re- he sometimes ventures over here because there's a little bit of natural sunlight that comes over here. Curtain is closed. He'll hang out there in the morning and then he's up back on the other side. Um but, but I think, you know, one of the things I really love about this hobby is the community that seems to be so supportive of each other. I mean, listen, you get online, you're going to get all kinds of haters anyway. Um, yeah. I think this is the closest I've ever felt to being a parent, because if you say the wrong thing online, it's, I'm sure, how mommies feel when they go <laughs> and ask for support. Good Lord. Yeah. That was
0: uh, actually kind of leads into one of the questions I was wanting to ask you. I mean, it, tarantulas seem, and, and I don't like, I'm not. I guess I'm kind of assuming I know a little bit about your lifestyle, but you know, doing a lot of these like TV shows and movies and stuff like that, I'm sure you're in and out and sometimes gone for days or weeks at a time. So tarantulas seem like the type of pet that would be very conducive to that type of lifestyle because they little don't require daily care. I would have um, so had what,
1: this hobby sooner than if I would known.
0: Yeah. Uh, but what do like your friends and coworkers and stuff like that think about the fact that you keep tarantulas?
1: Fascinated? want to see all the pictures and videos. Um, I found that when people come into the home, they start fearful and then they're like, the nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, it's actually really cute. Is it weird that I'm saying it's cute? Um, it's always <laughs> in that order. And then the more friends that I've had over um, who've gotten used to the idea, then they, and you know, I have them in my office and, my rule of thumb is if it doesn't fit on the two shelving units, like it can't come in the house. So I'm almost at capacity, but um, thank God for stackable ones. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks Tarantula Collective and uh, and turning me on to Tarantula cribs. That was like that was the helpful tip. Um, but no, I think people really kind of at first are a little surprised, but when I posted a picture the other day. Um, I'd gotten an Arizona blonde off Nate and I, and I posted a video or something. People were like, the DMs were, nope, never. Uh-uh. And I was like, it's actually mine. They're like, really? And they get curious. <laughs> so like, I think it sparks curiosity. I think it's specifically because they're under my care. I just don't seem like the kind of person who would care for something so dangerous. And I think that if they're like, well, if he can do it, you know, there's got to be something that I'm missing.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. So you share the fact that you keep tarantulas and stuff like that with a lot of your fans and followers.
1: Yeah, I kind of keep it under wraps. I've been slow to do it because I was a little nervous about like, um, you know, what people might think. So I've been like doing it in little doses. I've got a Patreon that just basically follows the behind the scenes of my life. It's like a diary. It's on set stuff, Um, and and so they are now just getting into you know the. the kind of the tarantula thing I've kind of teased it we're doing the crested geckos this week and then tarantulas next week and I think I'm going to start by genus um because I think it'll be easier um and you know I kind of just basically have gotten the privilege of having people who follow me there who are genuinely interested in um you know basically what happened was Richard during the pandemic I was like I'm unemployed I don't know what to do I'm going to start just, you know, doing free shows on on Facebook and Instagram. And I think it really humbled a lot of us gig workers who jump from job to job who don't have a regular nine to five. And, um, you know, I got to do what I would do live in a, in a cabaret space and I would do these concerts, but streaming. And I, then I developed this community. They call themselves the Jaybirds. And I love that because that's my on-set nickname. <laughs> like the crew's always like, Jaybird, we need you on set, which I don't know if that started. <laughs> I don't know how they all know to call me that. But like when I get on set, I don't tell anybody that. And that's just yeah. what kind comes out of it but then they were like we should you should do a patreon or something and I, I was really opposed to the idea i think i was so used to all the production around me and these big shiny productions that pairing it down and shooting things with a canon and learning how to work iMovie or whatever it was for the first time was scary and you know also i realized that not everyone wants to to you know, find out about my work or my life, and and I have to include other things of interest, like my animals. Or tr- I would I do a segment called Jay Tries, where basically it's me trying new things. Um, and I introduced Jay Tries uh, Tarantulas. It was the first. Um, <laughs> they saw it and i kind of softly talked about it showed some pictures and now we're going to go into the more like explaining and then probably feeding videos um but yeah that's i think there was a genuine curiosity i'm thankful that people that follow me are genuinely just like i don't know i think he's cool and i'm down to support um but i'm really trying to up my game i mean your production value how did that start for you because (laughs) what you shoot is television quality
0: well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I started out with a cell phone. Like, I, I never oh. held a camera until I had uh, been making videos for a few months. And a friend of mine for Christmas—he's actually he was a friend, but also my boss. So it was like a Christmas present slash Christmas bonus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's a camera. And, uh, you know, it, it is a little outdated, but it, it worked for what I needed. Uh, so I just started learning, like, uh, you know, learning all about aperture and focusing and ISO and all that fun stuff. And, you know, so I, my I the channel, if you go back to my first video and watch it, you can see the progression of me learning how to use well, a camera and, how to and stuff like that.
1: The progression of the laugh. It's the progression of the laugh for me at the end. <laughs> it is evolved. It is evolved, sometimes <laughs> cheerful, sometimes sinister. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can ever not do it because then I'm like, what happened? Did I miss it? So. Yeah,
0: yeah. If if I ever don't do it, people always leave a comment. In oh my, my uh, I've I've got a, a granddaughter now, which is kind of crazy, but she's three, and she How likes to watch.
1: Granddaughter, I feel like I'm older than you. I'm in my forties. Yeah. You, are you just? I just really turned well forty. Deserved? Oh, okay. Got well,
0: and I also. I've always been attracted to older women. So I ended up marrying uh, someone that was five years older than me. And she had a kid when she was young, like when she was 20. So it. yeah. And then, that, and then her daughter had a kid when she was 20. So yeah, there technically like, you know, kind of like a step grandfather, I guess would be a more accurate way, but same thing. She, she loves watching like YouTube videos, at least the ones that I do. And she likes Tranchelik cat too. Uh, And does
1: she likes her? I mean, how did that? that, That's a really interesting point, because I believe that we impose our fears on children based on our reaction to it. So was your daughter always comfortable with exotic pets? And did that transfer to your granddaughter? Stay with us. We'll be right back. What's all around you, almost everywhere you look and makes your life better? Birds. Learn all about these beautiful creatures in this wonderful new podcast called Birds of a Feather Talk Together. Two experts guide two newbies on their journey to learn more. Mallard ducks, ivory-billed woodpeckers, Hawaiian honeycreepers, blue jays, cardinals, sandhill cranes, and more. Each week we discuss a different bird and walk away with a better understanding of the birds all around us. Oh, and we have a ton of fun doing it. Listen now. You're going to like learning about these birds. I guarantee it.
0: Uh, You know, I I think Maggie never really had much exposure to it, but she's, you know, she was always kind of uh, alternative lifestyle. So, you know, she was similar to what we discussed earlier. You know, she really liked underground or, you know, the underdogs or things that society kind of didn't like. Mm -hmm. So when, uh, you know, when Kate and I got married or even started dating, you know, I had tarantulas and, and stuff like that. She thought it was cool. But she didn't yeah. really wasn't really exposed to it. And when she got her first apartment, I I sent her over there. Like my housewarming gift was a pink toe tarantula. Give her like the enclosure and you know all that stuff. So she had her <sighs> living room was proudly displaying it. Oh uh, but you know Rosie from the you know my granddaughter from the time she was born, that was you know she was in jumpers and stuff like that with tarantulas and spiders on them. So she oh and gosh. she grew up around it. You know, I mean yeah. uh, she's she's here all the time. So. And she, she just loves, I mean, she calls them piters, but yeah, like she'll (laughs) go to daycare and talk about spiders to the daycare workers, which they always find funny. But, you know, so I I tried to expose her to tarantulas and snakes and, and geckos and stuff like that, like whatever I have down here so that she doesn't grow up, grow up afraid of these things. Well, the world
1: is like reopening. And after being so isolated, I feel like I'm finally ready to start dating. But I also now feel like, how do I bring this up? Like, I don't want to seem (laughs) like the crazy spider person, but also if things go well and you decide to cohabitate with someone, I have an office animal room that has to stay intact. That's going to be a part of my life forever. I see that. And so and if I do travel, I would. I don't want to date someone who's going to be terrified of them. And so I, I was actually, interestingly enough, I saw a bunch of posts. I think it was on some social, and and they were talking about that that can sometimes be an issue when you're dating someone and introducing the concept of. By the way, I keep tarantulas. You what? You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's always a, a tough area to navigate. I did it probably the most incorrect way. Like you know, I, I. We started dating. It was like I had a tarantula, you know, or actually, you know, I told her that I kept tarantulas. So she knew that I had an interest in them and I had a few, uh, we moved in and, you know, once we got our house, it was kind of an explosion. Like I just slowly started to add more and more until she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's like 50 tarantulas down here now. (laughs) And I just didn't tell her most of the time. It was like, I'd order, get 10 in, set them up, not mention it. And if she didn't come into the room, she wouldn't know. Which I thought was good until like, you know, a couple months go by, or I guess it was like a year almost. She was like, Wait a minute, this is a lot more than I thought you had. <laughs> I
1: probably I mean, should have been coming in this room more often. <laughs> the other thing too is, you know, um I, I often just also am very mindful of like how the misconceptions. One, it's gonna escape. And while I'm mm. sure some people have had that experience, I'm so hyper-vigilant about the enclosures and making sure they're safely secure before I even turn my back, you know, and um, because I don't, I don't want that experience, not just for the, you know, for myself or me being uncomfortable, but honestly, for the safety of the spider, the spider is like, you know, three feet off the ground. Um, and he's a little pudgy. So if he falls, not going to be a good look. I mean, granted, this is like, there's a little, you know, latch here lock thing. But um, all my enclosures, you know, I'm really mindful of that and, and quite vigilant. And even like, I say, you know, when I leave the apartment, I say goodbye to the dog and the cat. But now I do a little lap in the in the animal room, make sure all the enclosures are are done. And the other thing too is, you know, reminding people that nothing in my care is super speedy, and that nothing in my care is particularly defensive. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. people see that as well, Um, because you know, I I would I, I wouldn't want to like shut people off from my life or a game night or something because there's a tarantula in the dining room.
0: Yeah, I understand. That's why I feel like I'm lucky because I'm I have a basement so I'm able to keep them all down here and I wish. nobody sees it unless I like I I bring them down here, you know. It's not uh, like they can hear them or smell them or anything like that. So, yeah. you know, it can people will come over and, you know, have dinner and stuff like that and just be completely unaware of what's underneath their feet.
1: <laughs> so brilliant. Yeah. I love it. When do you when did you start um expanding the aesthetic part of it because looking at your room it's beautifully lit i tried to get the puck lighting and the batteries always run out so i'm trying to figure out lighting for when i shoot because i don't you know it's just ambient lighting during the day and then obviously mm-hmm. night um I, I, when did that shift for you when you went from just keeping them to like i think i'm gonna go ahead and pretty this room up because i love the way it reads on camera
0: yeah well it was kind of the deal that i had with my wife it was like you know she's like you can keep a lot of tarantulas like i'll be cool with it as long as it always looks you know aesthetically pleasing as long as it's yeah. pretty you know yeah. you don't want me to just have in stack like you see some people you know because there's two different types of keepers they're people that like appreciate the beauty of the tarantulas and keeping like a wide variety of species and then you have people that are more collecting them you know like uh they're checking off boxes like they just want one of each species and yeah. they'll be in like and I'm not knocking those people or anything like that, but they just kind of keep them in like light. Sterilite- plastic tubs and right. all their basic needs are met, but you, you know you kind of got to pull it out and open it up to look at them. Like she didn't want that, you know, it's kind of the same with snakes. Like, you know, uh, as long as they're in a nice aesthetically natural looking enclosure, that's cool. But, you know, she didn't want racks, you know, like rack systems with a bunch of tubs that's, with different that's snakes. My feeling. So.
1: That, I, I can't do anything other than the acrylic and making sure it looks naturalistic. Um Here's the kind of, here's, I, we would be in my other room, but this is my office. For the viewer but this is what it looks like you know i kind of um says jay's world because that's where i usually do a lot of my filming but as you can see everybody's in their own little enclosure and it's neatly done kind of softly modeled after what i've seen from a lot of youtubers including yourself i want to just get the strip lighting situation done better um so i have to figure that part out because i'd love for it to be able to like light up like blue if i'm shooting for an hour and then i can shut it off but yeah we'll Mm -hmm. see
0: yeah, there's a lot of good LED strip lights. Uh, the puck lights I use are all. I, I don't use it. any of the
1: nice. Yeah, those yeah. work.
0: Those work really well. You know, which and, and puck
1: lights do you use? Because you mentioned them in a video. I ran and bought them, and I think I got the wrong ones
0: yeah the ones most of them that you find especially like at uh, hardware stores are all battery operated and, and i hate those but yeah the ones i get plug into the wall and they're just like some cheap chinese knockoff i think it's called right. airboo or something like that uh, i've got them on my right. amazon uh store like I have a I amazon storefront
1: order at the end of this call
0: <laughs> yeah they're, they're pretty handy and they come in packs of like four six eight or twelve and you can string that's them all together so it's just yeah hey, you just plug in one wrong. plug and
1: yeah, i got the puck ones i got rechargeable battery and i'd put it on and then it would literally start flickering and then die and i was like great yeah anyway <laughs> all right so got it i will go to your amazon store
0: so yeah that's i i just i i initially had everything nicely displayed just to kind of you know ha, keep keep the uh the relationship in good terms i guess and uh, when, then once i started like making youtube videos uh, I started getting even more critical and wanting to add different lightings, like like the red lights and the blue lights and stuff like that. And that was mainly just copying other YouTubers. Because um, it, it was, right. seemed to me like one of the reasons I wanted to start a channel is because I I really liked, uh, you know, like Peter McKinnon and Casey Neistat and a lot of these big YouTubers. And then, uh, you know, you go watch tarantulas, like tarantula content. And no one was really doing anything like that. No one was really spending a lot of time on production yep. quality and and yep. audio and and the visuals and stuff. And I was like, I really like these YouTubers and I wanna see somebody in the tarantula space do something like that. And it was like, maybe I should just do that if no one else is gonna do it. So that's, that's kinda like what led me in that direction.
1: I think it's so smart because you really do fill a niche. I mean, listen, great content is great content um, without all the bells and whistles, but there's something so pleasurable about watching your channel because of how shiny it is and then also you give such thorough information even to do this 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 interview I, the email you send to your guests is so thorough. You didn't leave a thing out. I was like, typical Richard. It was like a care sheet for how to do a podcast. Um, it was great. But I was like, it, it was, I, I could see that that's how your brain works. Um, you didn't just send a link today. You you said everything from sound to lighting, to camera, to everything. Um, and that, that is really great because it shows. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It- you know and there's 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 a lot of great content out there um you know but I mean, it's but like it's kind of low quality but the information is really good right. and it's it's something that you would really only enjoy watching if you already kept tarantulas and you wanted to learn more about them uh, yeah. it, maybe not even watch but you wouldn't even see it you know because youtube's not going to be recommending it because it's not getting a whole lot of clicks and all that kind of stuff so i wanted to More than just make content for people that already keep tarantulas, I wanted to try and attract people to the hobby. So I was studying a lot about how to get my videos recommended to people that aren't already kind of in the niche, and and hopefully, like I I was talking to somebody once, I was like, I I focus like I'm more of a trying to make car commercials, you know, than (laughs) teach people how to rebuild an engine. Like, I, yes. I cover the basics and stuff like that, get you everything you need to know, but I try to make it look as attractive as possible so that you'll be interested in keeping tarantulas. And, you know, that that's my goal, at least to try and broaden the hobby and get more people interested in it.
1: Yeah, you, you there, certainly did that for me.
0: I mean, you're out in California. I mean, I'm assuming you're in, like in the Los Angeles area. Yep. So there's tarantulas native. Yeah. I mean, maybe not mm-hmm.
1: in LA, but the, in that oh, area. Okay. Are there a, a lot of California people out in Hollywood that. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I feel like they are readily available in pet stores. I start seeing them more frequently and then they're not there anymore. So I'm assuming people are buying them. Um And Nate certainly does, uh, the Michael Wilderness People is my only kind of point person in LA that I know. Um, But, you know, a lot of people have them and just don't really like publicize that they do. But um I started following like every Instagram or, you, you know, account I could follow just to kind of see who else is out there who does have them but but we we do have you know i think the johnny cash uh, uh i think that's just a common name for we have got the california ebony i mean there's definitely tarantulas that you can find if you go to someone's house and you're in the right part of town i wouldn't say necessarily yeah. like super in the city part um but in the more you know rural area i shouldn't say rural the more like you know in the suburbs yes
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think you're referring to the uh, afana johnny cashy that's so, the one. yeah that's the the Johnny cash ranch. So I've got yeah. a little baby sling. So in about 10 years, oh, I'll be able to know what that one looks look like. like. A spider then.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what there's some of that. I go to this pet store. Um, that's about 30 minutes away. So it's kind of a good deterrent because they always have um, something end up when I go to get feeders. I didn't, that's that joke that people see online. I went to get feeders and they show you like the Ford spiders they bought. That's real. That's real. Mm-hmm. That happens. <laughs> I've fallen, fallen victim to it. It happened yesterday. Um, I think I got a Brocky Palma Amelia yesterday and I was like, didn't, didn't need it, but I had an extra enclosure. Yeah. And I remember in one of your videos, you you said, uh, are you even, a, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you were something like, like every good keeper has extra enclosures hanging around just in case. <laughs> and I was like, just in case of what? Yesterday. <laughs> um, so yeah. it worked out, but, um, but, but, but I went there and, um, they have the Johnny Cashy and I had to look it up because I had never really heard about it before. Um, but I figured, it. you know, they're local. I'm sure I'll stumble across one in my journeys and I can just take a picture and be satiated.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think they're they're all black, very black mm-hmm. looking Fauna pelma. So I, I'm really yeah, excited I'm like, to see it grow.
1: I've already got Lucifer. I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get uh, talking to Tarantula Cat like almost on a daily basis and she'll mention she's heading to the pet store and I tease her. I'm like, you're, what are you going to get? <laughs> like, I know you're coming back with a tarantula I- or a frog or something.
1: I love her, and I have her little Wednesday spider that she had um, uh, for sale. Nice. I, I'm, i I she was one of the ones I followed in originally because I could not believe this woman kept spiders in her bedroom. When she said that, I was like, "What?" In her Richard puts it in the bed. Ba- <laughs> how she? But how's she going to sleep? There's going to, and then does she hear? Like my brain could not compute yeah. that that was even happening. And and now I just like, so um, I think one of the things that, you know, I, I, I always say this as an actor, like I can go into a room with guys who are more built, more credits, whatever, whatever. People are attracted to your essence, to kind of the uniqueness that makes you you. So when you were growing up and everyone always told you be yourself, the mm-hmm. reason for that is because your authenticity and you're your not conforming and just being a prototype of everyone else is what makes you interesting, is what makes you memorable and it makes people uh, want to be around you. And so I found Kat so interesting um, that I just started following her. And I, um, I think I was very surprised that this, this cute little woman was like doing all this <laughs> kind of dangerous tarantula stuff in my mind at the time, you know, and I couldn't understand it, but I, I learned how to, you know, build an enclosure and the parameters for substrate i mean i probably would have been one of those people with like an inch of substrate had i not known mm-hmm. you know and um and so i think yeah i i'm like i wish y'all lived closer i'd be like i'd be able <laughs> to spider sit whenever you need
0: yeah that would be very cool interesting is a good way to describe her i like that term <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> well, well if you guys are woman. You guys should figure out a way. I mean, I'm hoping that there's some kind of reptile show that has invertebrates that has you in California, because (laughs) if either one of you end up doing something here, I'm like, we need to do something.
0: Definitely. I'm sure that will happen sooner than later. I was actually uh, in St. Louis where she is um, uh, maybe six months ago or something. Who knows? With COVID, my timeframes are all messed up. But (laughs) Within the past year, I was in St. Louis for the weekend for that show, and she invited me over to her apartment. So I could then you know, i check out her turtles and her snakes and all that kind of yeah. stuff kind of get, you know, and I was, I was amazed just, you know, how, I mean, because you walk into her bedroom, there's a bed in the middle and then it's just, you're just surrounded with three walls, just, you know, with tarantulas yeah. and snakes and frogs. And I'm yeah. like talking to her husband, like, where's your stuff? Like, where do you keep your clothes? <laughs> and, you know, your, you know, your possessions, because <laughs> all I wondering... see is
1: animals. <laughs> He's in some videos and I always want to know the spouse's point of view of the experience. You know, yeah. I don't think we've ever seen your wife. I could be wrong, maybe I missed that video, but I would be so <laughs> curious um about how they navigate you know, being around it and where they always admirers of spiders and how, what's the love for spiders now. I'm curious about it, but I think one of the things that really tickles me the most is, is the bedroom, the fact that it was in the bedroom and, you know, she doesn't ever do a wide shot. So sometimes it's mm-hmm. a new wall you're seeing and you're like, where's this? There's more on that wall. I mean, <laughs> I really am just trying to keep it on one wall for now and in a separate room. And an yeah. office. I mean, also, like you said earlier, I have some slings. So, you know, I mean, they're small. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I have some that look like spiders and some that look like a, a jelly bean, you know, yeah. so.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that I, I always try to like tell new keepers is, is be careful when you're getting spiderlings, because it's really easy to get 20 or 30 of them, you know, within the first six months. And you're not really thinking about the size of the enclosure they're gonna need in a few years, you know. And then all of a sudden you've got 35 gallon enclosures, like where are you gonna put them? You know? Yep. So.
1: that's what happened. I had to I had to map out what I had. And mm-hmm. if I go with like a that's another good question too. I feel like sometimes when I order something off tarantula cribs. But then we talk about gallons. I don't think they list gallons. So I'm like, is a large a two and a half or a five gallon? And do they have an extra large? And what, you know, like I'm still wrapping my brain around. Thank God, most n- nothing I have I don't think is full grown. The one I mm. think is the Palma species white is in an extra large uh, herb cult. So I know that enclosure is sizable. But I had to mentally think like I have two slings. And I was like, I can't have any more. Although, Richard, what the hell is a sling? <laughs> You say it all the time. Does it mean <laughs> under an inch, two inches? Where are we going with this? I know if it's a dwarf, oh, it's man. different. I get it. So don't get out yeah. of it saying that.
0: <laughs> that's a tough I'm one. Just... I, I said a lot. Like, what is a spiderling? Yeah. And, you know, it depends on this. You can't really measure it by the size, you know, because... Uh, a percentage. <laughs> you know, it, it's more like uh, how many times have they molted? You know, like, uh... that's kind of by what I go, uh, you know, make, maybe after like five like five or six, seven instar. star you know well, what if they, they you, don't know? What if you times. get it and you're like i don't
1: know well, that's don't also
0: know. yeah that's usually what people say when i say that so i, I the way questions. i i kind of differentiate it is spiderlings kind of look like normal like house spiders you know they're kind of waxy not mm-hmm. a lot of hair on them not a lot of color they're like gray brown black yeah. you know stuff like that those i consider spiderlings juveniles are when they start having some color show up a lot of hair they start to look a lot more like the adults would um sure. But that doesn't even work with, especially with like with carabina species. You know, the yeah. spiderlings are blue, um, and then they could be a juvenile size and still kind of have that blue. But if you had them as a spiderling, you can definitely see a difference between what they look like initially to what they look like now. And then when they kind of get to that bigger juvenile subadult space uh, kind of phase, they have they're starting to show a little bit more of the of the adult colors. So right. that's that's kind of how I try to explain it. Like you got adults, and then you've got the smaller. They look just like an adult, just smaller than... I, I say those are sub-adults. And then they in between that and the grayish-brown color, which is a spiderling, I, I kind of refer yeah. to those as juveniles.
1: Yeah, my spiderlings that are the what you're describing, I feed twice a week and pre-killed mm-hmm. like pinheads usually. Um, yeah. I, I can't do a mealworm. I can't do a mealworm because... Really? They will, they will burrow mm-hmm. and then... Uh, you know, a little while later, there's a freaking beetle in the enclosure, and oh. then I'm trying to get the beetle while the tarantula like, "What are you doing?" You know. Yeah. So I'm like,
0: beetles smell so bad. Have you had uh, that? Have you had that luxury no, yet?
1: Something oh, okay. to look forward to. I have got yeah. one active in my pink toe enclosure, and I'm like,
0: trying to deal with Kind of like. Them. Um, like stink bugs almost is, is a very similar smell to that. Like, right. I mean, they don't like emanate it, but if you if you pick them up and it gets on your hands, then, you know, you're scrubbing that to get that smell off. It's very chemical, unpleasant okay. smells. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. like doing mealworms for that purpose. That's why when I feed mealworms, I'm either feeding it to a tarantula. It's like builds a lot of webbing so I can yeah. put it right on its web or like Perfect. tong feed it. Or just, you know, if if you just smash the head of the mealworm a little bit, that'll keep it from burrowing. But then sometimes they don't move around a lot. So, yeah, Yeah. mealworms aren't the best. I mainly feed those to my geckos and and things like that. But yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. Tarantula cats crest- can be very excited. You uh, you mentioned. Her, oh my way. god, I love her. I mean, <laughs> she is a like, fan of you.
1: I think I, I honestly, I was like, these people um in the tarantula community need their own series. It's fascinating, and I think what's interesting about it is everyone is always so um curious, but we are so. I think as a culture kind of like a little nervous to ask about things we don't know about. So I think yeah. if someone keeps tarantulas and you find out, usually the conversation is very superficial um, in terms of like, well, why, why? You know, mm-hmm. like that's one of the, the key ones as a, and then I, it's such a longer conversation, you know, and um but I think it's really cool because she, you know, she just got a great personality, and you just feel like she's your friend. I mean, I think we all think that you guys are our <laughs> friends, you know?
0: It's funny you say that because she and I started out not friends, like just for whatever reason, there was like some two different factions kind of in the Tranch Hobby many years okay. ago, so, and it was like I was kind of on one side, she was on the other, and we just assumed that we didn't like each other for a few years. Like we didn't say anything bad about each other, but yeah. we didn't talk. Sure. And you know, I was kind of like, oh, she's with those people, and and they don't like us, so I assume she doesn't like me. And now and she's blowing even... you
1: up every single day texting.
0: <laughs> I don't remember what happened, but I think I I had her blocked on Twitter or something like that because I didn't want to see what she was posting about, like some random stuff. And she sent me an email. I was like, why did you block me on Twitter? And I'm like, she thinks she's younger you than know? you.
1: I think she's younger than you too. So she's a social yeah. media generation. That is like you and I are around the same age. <laughs> In our generation, we don't really think about stuff like that, but you know yeah. that is, yeah, yeah. You, yeah I, she let awesome. me know. I get that. I get that because just, you could have you could have muted her so you didn't have to see it, but you thought block, which sent a yeah. signal to her that you didn't intend on. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah,
0: but it, it's good initially. I mean, I mean, overall, I'm glad that that happened because yeah. she sent me that email. And we started talking and realized pretty quickly. Yeah, that beef is something that was made up by other people. We actually have no issues and became friends. Well, friends, I don't even know if this is the right word. It's more like brother and sister. Like we spend more mm-hmm. time giving each other a hard time and and stuff like that. But we support each other as well. She's a, she's a great person. I I definitely enjoy talking to her. And, and, with and that, you in, know,
1: in her honor today, I'm going to feed the bearded dragon some gummy worms. <laughs> <laughs> I know she gets a Thanks. lot of trouble for saying gummy worms instead of hornworms, <laughs> yeah. but in her honor yeah. today... Brooklyn will have gummy worms.
0: Awesome. I'm sure she will definitely appreciate that.
1: <laughs> so uh, you said you you also have crested geckos? So, yeah, so I have three. I know you just got into... I don't know if you just got into it. I know you just got some um, that you shared yeah. with us. But yeah, I um, actually, Natasha from Michael Wilderness, I went to pick up a spider and she was like, oh, let me show you some of the crested geckos that I, that I have. And I was like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that you guys did reptiles. And she was like, yeah, that's actually really my passion. And the spiders are more Nate's thing. And, um, and then you start handling one and then you're like, wow. Well. Mm.
0: And I had yeah. already
1: been watching like Wiccan's Wicked Reptiles. Um, and so I, I kind of knew, you know a little bit about him because adam had covered it and so then i you know i literally went to the pet store got a paludarium built in organic natural bioactive um enclosure and kind of oddly it's weird when you watch you know youtube for a long time you know the do's and don'ts like like you've studied the class and Mm -hmm. um and so and then i was just shocked that it actually worked out the way they said it would like if you follow someone's instructions and then it, you know it works out it's like you're baking a cake and you follow it you're like oh it tastes just like I think it should um, and that's yeah. kind of how it happened so I got one and then I went to get feeders and some there was a female that was bigger than the baby I had and I was like oh then it'll be like I have one because my baby's like super squirmy and doesn't want to really be held um, mm-hmm. so then I got two and then the third um, was because it was just pretty. And uh, yeah. and so I th- I think that's it for now. But I think that they are in the process of of uh, uh, they have eggs for or they're probably breeding. Very unique. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but they're, they they shared some of their breeding plans, and they're exciting. Okay. So by the end of the year, they say I I will definitely have another one of their geckos because they're they're going to be leaning into that. So I'm going to purchase one of the more unique colorations, and then I'll have an even number because you know I don't, three <laughs> is weird. Three is weird. Okay.
0: So, I'm telling myself that's a that's a dangerous trap to fall into. I I gotta have an even number. It's gotta end in zero, and then before you know it, you just keep adding and adding.
1: I know. Yeah, but I will tell you, it's an interesting. Now you have me thinking, though. Now I want to buy because I've been. I was like, okay, I want to buy a home in the next two years. So now it's something I'm thinking about. it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, where would optimal conditions be? if I'm looking at houses, because I don't think I want an apartment because I don't want neighbors. Like I want neighbors yeah. across the way. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we've actually uh, have been talking about selling this house and buying another house. And that was something that uh, when we were having that discussion was uh animal room was a key you know, component of what we would be looking for in a new house. Like, you know, so- somewhere where I could do this kind of work and not be bothering the family, you know, because sometimes 100%. when you're recording and stuff like that like it's got to be quiet you don't want you know people doing construction next door like you're dealing with or
1: i'm doing you know, i don't know if you if you guys can hear it but it's it, it was loud <laughs> early and i was going to shoot this from my studio which is where yeah. i do because as actors now i don't know if you know this we don't audition in person anymore we have to literally tape ourselves and then send it to our agent who sends it to casting that's how it works oh, now wow. um and i think they're just going to keep it like that because it's easier for them and also as an actor like I can do it as many times as I want till I like it. But if if I go in and you're the casting director, Richard, and we're having a cute kiki and you're making me laugh, and then I have to, he's like, okay, let's do the scene. And it's a freaking dramatic scene. I'm not in the the right headspace. And I got to turn that on, which is fine. Part of the gig. But sometimes you leave feeling like, oh man, I wish I hadn't talked so much in the beginning. Whatever it is, this is different. So I have a whole room for that, and it's super simple oh, to cool. assemble. But my, um, I'll send you some footage of of what the office looks like at night because I kind of low key modeled it. It's like the gay version of what you got going on. I love the colorful <laughs> lights, and uh, but I wanted to be kind of you know I, I'm a big fan of the Golden Girls, so I got some like palm tree wallpaper, and mm-hmm. um, I just made the the room. Like my dream room. I had a roommate for a number of years during the pandemic, and then when he moved out, I knew immediately that that room was going to be an animal room. I knew what it was going to look like, and it's come together really well. But it also helps me organize where everything needs to be. You know, I'm sure a lot of keepers can relate to this. You have so much stuff, and you're looking for that one thing. So now everything Mm -hmm. is neatly labeled. Um, You were right, the label maker. You said if you're new to the hobby, get a label maker. That was so helpful. Um, and I do, uh, I do the scientific name, the common name, and then the name I gave it. Um, because when I've traveled, I found that people, you know, I have the same three people that are just like, anytime you're gone, please let me take care of your pets. Um, and you know, it's, it's good. The only thing I board is like, I have a dog and a cat. Um, I, I, they could just go to friends' houses and a bearded dragon that uh, a friend has, uh, bearded dragons uh in her care and she has like literally like a visitor tank and he stays with her and because i because i feel like (laughs) the cresties will be fine like they get misted they have a misting system and they get fed they know my friends know what to feed them so that's okay Mm -hmm. and with the tarantulas it's like you know they know to feed and if it's not eaten take it out 24 hours later you know so it's pretty easy
0: yeah yeah when you mentioned adam wickens uh and wickens wicked reptile and that's pretty much you turned me on to crested geckos. Like I had really? leopard geckos and stuff like that. I did you? a collab with him and he was like, you should definitely get one. And I was like, I really should. And then it just, I just, because of COVID and, and other stuff, I just never had the opportunity. And then, so how's it you know, going? So far, so good. They're, they remind me a lot of tarantulas. I mean, a little bit more maintenance, but, Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the tarantula version of, uh, like a, yeah, tarantula version of a reptile, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it yeah, yeah. 100%. Don't have a lot of like extreme requirements compared to other, like I've got a, a day gecko and she's a little more high maintenance and okay. uh, a red-eyed tree frog. And, you know, you got to mm-hmm. really watch their temperatures and the humidity and stuff like that where crested geckos seem to be a lot more forgiving, which I, I, I definitely appreciate.
1: Yes, 100%. And I had I had the thing happen where I made the mistake of buying an adult female jumping spider recently. Mm. Why I would do that because I had adult males and I didn't even think to ask, had she been paired, was she wild caught, was she So, I've got little pepper flakes in a white little cotton ball <laughs> um, forming, but thank God Natasha said she'd help me figure it out. But I've been watching a lot of videos about it, but it's my first like egg sac and I was like, "Oh god." Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, what do you do with like, you know, the offspring? I'm like, I guess I just get put on Craigslist. That feels weird too. Yeah. I
0: don't know. T- Tarantula cat has a, a few videos where she had some jumping spiders. Some she intentionally bred. Some just produced an egg sac. That's yeah. I love all spiders, really, but the true spiders, especially and even like like jumping spiders and stuff like that, they. I don't. I, I. don't know. I have mixed emotions about keeping them because their lifespan is so short. You know, that's it's, what everyone keeps saying. I mean, saying, it's the tarantulas yeah. that live twenty years, and you know, sometimes you buy a true spider and it costs eighty five dollars or a hundred bucks, and you, you 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 drop that, but then it's also with the knowledge that this is not going to live more than a year because it's already an yeah. adult, and that kind of sucks. But the first jumping spider I ever got. Uh, I I was keeping it where I worked because, um, I was was working at this office and sometimes I would keep the spiderlings on my desk. And then when they started getting larger, bring them home. And there was a a moment I I just didn't have any spiders there. And, you know, my friend, the guy that owned the business was like, we should, we should get some spiders just for the office. And he wanted a jumping spider. So I got one and like a week after we got it, it laid an egg sack. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sure it's not going to do anything and <laughs> just kind of like let it alone and then we came into work one day and not only had it hatched but the little spiderlings had crawled through the vent holes and were all over the office and we're like well now we just have free range jumping spiders in that's here. <laughs> right
1: it's organic well you know listen we have them yeah. like local there i've seen i found right. one on my on my bed like a year ago um, on my pillow. And I knew exactly what it was because the tarantula cat. And so then literally I started researching him and that's kind of kind of, cause I was like, well, I'm going to have to cohabitate with them anyway. Now I have, them, you know, the, the enclosure is in a butterfly little netted kind of thing. So if the babies start going through the vents, they'll be in mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a project for me. I didn't intend on it. And I'm, I'm hoping loving homes will take them off my hands. But I also am like, how does one even off I mean, how do I even give these away? Because I'm not a breeder. People would know to me, yeah. and be like, hey, you going to get a jumping spider off ya? Yeah. <laughs> but so you? But you know a breeder?
0: Just hit up Nate be like, hey, that's can true. you take these for me?
1: Can you take 462? 462... No, that's not going to be that many.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's got the infrastructure it? all set up. He could get them so, out to some loving homes do you think pretty He's quickly? having,
1: he bred a whole bunch of spiders, and I think he's got like 200,000 or some odd baby spiders that he's going yeah. to have to with.
0: Yeah, he and I have actually been talking. We're doing a, uh, I I, mean, I do a fundraiser for Harmony House, which is like a yeah, uh, child it. advocacy center. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a, a fundraiser once a lot of those spiderlings are ready uh, to right. find new homes. So we're trying That's to raise awesome. some additional funds for them this summer, which will be really well. Great.
1: Anything I can do to help? I love the tour of the facility and its mission. So let me know. Yeah. I'm down to help in any way I can.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think they would really appreciate that. Um, they're good people. Like uh, sometimes they can be a little shady you know, helping out nonprofit organizations because you don't really know where the money's getting spent and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm in a unique position where I know some of these people personally over the years working with them. And I can see firsthand the work that they're doing and the direct mm-hmm. impact it has on kids and the community in general. And it's it's just a, a really good cause. Uh, so I'm I always excited that. to help those guys out. Um, love it. But yeah, yeah. So Nate's, Nate, Nate could definitely help you out. He's a, He's a good dude.
1: I, was, yes, I said that already, but it's honestly, repeating. Listen, at this point, people are going to think that I'm trying to have a relationship with Nate and Natasha. I am very single. I just <laughs> love and admire them for how much they've supported me in my spider journey.
0: Yeah. And I was actually supposed to head out there right before COVID. I had plans to head out to LA and a couple other spots around there. And we were going to go out into the desert and you know look for tarantulas and do some cool stuff like that. And it was I guess we were planning on doing that in the early spring. And then then that's, you know, pretty much when everything got shut down for COVID. And I just haven't yeah. really got to a chance to go back out anywhere since then. But it's definitely this on my be, list.
1: Might be the sign that you need it. It's time to come to California. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I'm tentatively planning late summer or early fall, because I'm also okay. gonna go to Houston, visit Houston Frogs. They've got to really yeah. just open up a new facility there. And so I was like, while well, I'm down there, and I need to go to um oh where are they right outside tucson sky island adventures have you are you yes. familiar with that
1: uh, yes mm-hmm.
0: yeah so my head out there and and he offered to let me stay in his bed bug and breakfast thing for a, a couple of days so you, awesome. you go out he picks you up from the airport and takes you out there and he's got like a little guest house and you, you stay there and makes you breakfast and then takes you out into the desert and you know looking for tarantulas and all kinds of insects gotta, and reptiles and stuff like that.
1: I've never been to a reptile show. So I just watch them vicariously through your videos or our cat's videos. I don't know if I trust me. I think I might have to go with really? a friend and and give him my phone and my wallet because now yeah. your phone is your wallet. And I would be the sneaky one that would be like, no, I'll just have my phone, but you could have the wallet. And I'd be like Apple paying stuff um, <laughs> because everyone kept saying, wait till a reptile expo comes to town. If you want to get geckos, whatever. And, and there just wasn't one that I could that was nearby, so it was like, okay, great, what am I gonna do? Um, but that seems like a really fun experience. Um, and yeah. also, here's the question you probably get asked all the time you have so many spiders, you talk about egg sacs. Would you, are you ever gonna get into the spider selling game?
0: No, no, that's that is I not think- for you. Yeah, initially, that was kind of my plan. You know, I was like, Mm -hmm. if if I get a good following, then it would be conducive to start a business and use it to cross promotion and stuff like that. But then I started getting to know a lot of these people like Nate and Tanya from Fear Not Tarantulas. And, you know, there's a lot of them out there. And I see how much work and effort goes into that. And it's like, I just don't have the time for that kind of commitment. I mean, when you think a a sling, you know, I'm sorry, an egg sack can produce couple hundred or a couple thousand spiderlings and until you sell them you're responsible for feeding a thousand spiderlings every couple of days like that's a lot of responsibility and a lot of work and you know it just it and then just the shipping and that nightmare of like trying to pack them up safely and and researching the weather between where you are and whatever the fedex hub is in that person's house to make sure you've got the right heat or cool packs in there and i mean it's it's a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I kind of feel like the people that are doing that, they they're experts at that. Like I, yeah. they don't need more competition. <laughs> and so what happens, support with your, them.
1: what happens with your spiders who do pair and you get an egg sack? How do you, how have you been rehoming those? Well, I don't do a whole lot of, a whole oh, okay. lot of but when I have, or like
0: some scorpions and stuff I have are parthenogenic. So they'll just produce babies on their own. And right. in those situations, I usually just sell them wholesale to a dealer. You know, I'll awesome. just be like, yeah, you, you, I'll just send them all to you in one shipment and then you can handle you know, a them amount of people. That's okay. usually, yeah. Smart. Occasionally, if I do like a meetup or something like that and I've got a whole bunch of isopods or scorpions or something, I'll bring them with me and like sell them for you know $10 or something like that. Something so really wait cheap. a minute,
1: Nate did not tell me this and Nate was recently trying to, I had an enclosure and he was like, oh, that'd be perfect for a scorpion. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. You're telling yeah. me scorpions are present, Jack, and they could just—I could just have one scorpion, no, and then they could have more, or just a not all category?
0: of them. Yeah, just oh. there's a few specific species, like the the tittimus species, uh, Brazilian scorpions. Uh, they'll do that. Okay. Your death stalker scorpion. A lot usually the they're the more hot ones, the the ones that Great. you don't want to keep as a beginner. Great. or will just produce babies. For the most part, you you know scorpions. You got to breed them for that to got happen. It.
1: Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But yeah I mean and that's one of the reasons some of those hot species are so popular is because people like the fact they don't have to breed them and and they'll just produce more which is always interesting but yeah I I
1: think that's I think that's the line for me as of today as of today uh I think scorpions are the line I, I I saw one I was thinking about it and he was like do you want it I was like I don't think I do. And I, I yeah. haven't really said no before to anything. I feel like that's my line. I, although, you know, like I, there are things, I think if I had a house, it would be really different. I think I would have what I've wanted, which was snakes. I started watching Snake Discovery like everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. And um, obviously Adam's wicked reptiles, uh, wicked, Wiccan's Wicked Reptiles. That's hard to say. So I really do want like a ball python or some of this. But I just at this point, I'm like, I think right now for my lifestyle this is the max that i can handle and that's a conversation you share in a lot of your videos as well making sure that you stay within the realm of making sure everything can get the optimal care with the amount of time you have and i've tested the theory because it's been when i've been in town and when i haven't been in town um and so now i have a system going where everything is i have sitters for this or i have a person that feels more comfortable with this and it's it's pretty it's been pretty easy to kind of make that happen without complete disrupting my life or neglecting the animals.
0: Yeah, very cool. Like you, while you're talking about that, you mentioned before we started recording, you were doing a Judd Apatow movie. Is that Yes.
1: So the, the trailer just dropped. It's called Bros. Um, it is the first um, like gay rom-com, basically. So think Bridesmaids, think any of those kind of movies that he's ever produced. It's the same vibe that just happens to center around a gay couple. And the entire cast is LGBT, which is great because it's never happened. But most importantly, he flipped the script. So for a long time in Hollywood, there was a lot of bias. Uh, If you were out, there were certain roles that were for you, generally stereotypical gay or whatever. And if you even could convincingly play a straight person, there was was hesitation about hiring you. And this movie completely got rid of all of that. They just hired um, people who just slayed the role regardless of how they identify or who they choose to love and and uh, it's billy eichner co-wrote it with uh, the director nicholas stoller who um you know wrote forgetting sarah marshall and get him to the greet and directed those and i this is my first lead in a major motion picture and i play a broey hunter gamer type guy and I think people were shocked to hear it. And I'm like, you do understand I had to go to high school in the nineties, right? <laughs> like there was years of practicing for this part. Um, yeah. Just from a pure safety issue back then. And so to be in this cast of like something that's momentous, I got to be in the first all out gay cast with queer eye on uh, television history. And now the first all LGBTQ film. Um, for a major studio to make um, Was massive And it, it's September 30th We actually replaced Tom Cruise um, He had a big box office uh Mission Possible was supposed to be September 30th. That moved. We took that weekend. And generally speaking, there's like weekends that are like hotspot weekends for big movies. It's already mm-hmm. in a bunch of must-see lists. Uh, and there's a there's a trailer. I think it's a not safe for work trailer because it is again <laughs> very bride's, bridesmaids. And it's, you know, how bridesmaids open with that comedic mm-hmm. sex scene. There's a yeah. lot of those kind of funny moments. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's also thought-provoking and funny and touching and, Yeah. I loved doing it. It was a shock. I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, after I've been doing this, you know, acting professionally since 1997, my first job was in rent on Broadway and uh, then queer. Eye kind of introduced me to the world on this global platform and it was so big and I had, you know, the cover of vanity fair or like a cover entertainment weekly or doing Oprah, all these other things that seemed big. And then I left the show. And when I transitioned back to acting, there was a lot of, well, you were on a reality show. So there's no room for you. You just want to act. I'm like, wait, I have this whole pedigree of work before that didn't matter, and so it was a real yeah. struggle. So I pulled when I found out I booked this, I pulled over and I, I cried. And I'm not really, a, I'm not a very emotional person in that direction. And I I understand the importance of it, but also like I was really thankful that you know that Billy Eichner, Nick, and um, Judd Apatel saw the importance of the work, and they even pulled me aside and they're like, just you know, hundreds of guys read for this role and within the first couple lines we're like that's him that's him <laughs> and uh yeah and i play like billy's billy's love interest straight broey friend um and there's a great scene that we have in the movie I mean, i'm in a bunch of scenes but there's this really one kind of pivotal scene that i get to be a part of and so i just yeah it was a really cool experience i'm excited for people to see it and today the trailer just dropped um and the movie's right called Bros. yeah yeah
0: definitely the check i've been a judd apatow fan since like freaks and geeks i think oh yeah (laughs) you know you get the vibe
1: it's exactly the vibe um it's really funny it's a a lot of recognizable faces um Mm -hmm. you know amanda beers who is the um the neighbor on married with children marcy darcy yeah she plays my mom i'm adopted but um so she's (laughs) hilarious like we were just dying laughing between takes obviously billy's great um you'll just see a lot of people that you know you're like oh that person oh oh, that person it's a it's a great show yeah
0: yeah that's fair it sounds like it'd be pretty cool Um, yeah it's gonna be fun so when you're when you're filming movies like that uh does it make it difficult you know to, to be able to keep you know take care of your pets while you know while you're busy on set, or do you ever bring any tarantulas or anything into your trailer and, and keep them there?
1: <laughs> um, now you give giving me ideas. Um, <laughs> I no. so what I've done in the past is I've made videos a la Richard style at a la tarantula collective, um, that are very easy to follow, and then what I have people do is first of all, a um, when you're working on a project like that, you know, you're know you being paid. So it's only fair. I, I wouldn't ask a friend to do it for free. So someone has a financial incentive to take good care of the animals. And then what I do is basically like I have them do it with me. So if it's feeding day, I will have them do all the feedings that are necessary on a feeding day with me just supervising and not saying anything. And just we can kind of... And it usually goes like a dream and easy. Um, Sometimes it's small things that get forgotten about, like they'll forget to feed the crickets or the dubia roaches, right? So like small things like that. But then I just fix that by putting neon sign. Every single enclosure has a postcard care sheet underneath it poking Hmm. out. So if you ever in question, and it's almost like a sign out form, last fed, last molted, it's all on there. Um, And I'm super religious about that. Thankfully, um, you just partnered with that great app so arachnophiles. So now I yeah. can, I don't have to use that. But um but it's been really helpful. Like I haven't brought anything with me. My dog will come if it's more than two weeks. Um uh, but even then like it, it depends because I have to like make sure that also I have a friend who has a house and she's like, I have two dogs already. It's better for him to be playing all day than to be in a hotel room all day. So yeah. there's there's small stuff I, I try to consider. But yeah, if I had my listen, I remember I remember Hillary swank had like a parrot, a bunny, and a dog. I could be mistaken about the parrot, but it was definitely a bunny, a dog. And and she would bring them in her trailer on set and she would travel with them because she could and she wanted to and because she was an Oscar award-winning actress. And and why not? Like, really, why not? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty big trailer um, uh, when you're that level. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like there shouldn't be a distinction between the care we have for a dog versus the the care. I mean, you shouldn't disrespect how attached someone is or how much they love their spider because it's something you fear. Right. Mm. You know, like there's some things I think about all the time. I live in a building that um, there is an off leash um, pit bull in the courtyard all the time. Docile, like sweet, I'm using tarantula terms. Um, She's so sweet. She's friendly, but I've had delivery people not want to come in and drop off packages because she's there. Mm. And, And then we also have like a lot of wasps, kind of their little, like a hornet's nest or whatever. Like we have those like, like on the sides of buildings. And I'm like, thought you were talking
0: about white Anglo Saxons.
1: (laughs) Oh no, Richard! (laughs) I've got a bunch of of wasps in my building. (laughs) I mean, I probably do, but I I very much adore them. Um, No. You know, so I was like, "There's not." I'm like, I already live in a building that's got things that are scary. I think I have things in my care that are perceived scary, but I ha- mm-hmm. I'm keeping them in the safest way possible. And and you know, like you said, I'm really mindful of the smaller spiders that are in like at, at the moment, like a small tarantula crib. I know eventually they're going to be in a large tarantula crib, so I had to like, I just got a new shelving unit. We think we were talking about it, and I I had I had to mentally plan and measure that what i have now that everything will fit on there neatly and safely and easy to access
0: in a couple of years
1: yeah yeah i've always wondered
0: about that because yeah you know i've i've worked in town for a friend or i've done this full time so i've always really you know i haven't had an issue uh with having a whole lot of pets and having to leave and not be able to take care of them for, you know, I I go away for a weekend or something like that. And, you know, tarantulas are fine for, you know, five, six, seven days, you know, but I've been wanting to go down to like Costa Rica and Brazil and places like that and actually get out in the jungle and do some filming. And and that's been like my biggest kind of deterrent recently. It's like, well, who am I going to get? to take care of the animals while I'm gone, you know, like
1: that's the TV show. The TV show is I'm left alone in your tarantula room only with YouTube files to lo- learn from. And then we fancy <laughs> you in the jungle, FaceTiming me to see how I'm doing sold. It's a comedy. <laughs> we'll get jet on the line. We'll see if he'll make
0: it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I actually had a guy reach out to me, uh, from Pittsburgh and was one, like offered to do an internship because he needed a college credit. It was like, I'll feed all your tarantulas for you pretty much do all the, the labor and I was like that would be cool but like I, I just kind of feel bad not paying somebody to don't, do work. Don't.
1: I told <laughs> listen a little secret to me and you I literally told Nate the same thing. I'm literally like do you guys need I will you need feed I will feed. I will I he can't <laughs> I was I, The best way to describe it is, for some of us, you know, it's our dream to kind of like, you know, be around this many animals and just observe them. And part of the fun of care of these animals is the husbandry. I don't know how to describe it other than saying it's a great hobby and our pastime. So let's say someone likes to go play tennis. This is my version of that. And, and so, like, I don't, I guess in when I have to do it, sometimes it does feel like a little bit like a chore if I don't want to do it that day, but somehow like mm-hmm. helping someone else do it feels like a fun activity. Like I, I would pay them to like, be like, y'all need some help. You know? Um, I don't know. People are really into that. I mean, I, I kind of understand where that kid's mind was at. I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I talked to people, you know, like, um, well, I don't know, like name drop But There's a lot of, especially reptile guys that have a huge collection that they kind of turn into a zoo and people pay admission to get into it. And Um, somebody was suggesting like, you should move them out of your basement and like rent a commercial space and then like charge five bucks for people to come into the tarantula zoo. Like, yeah, where's my wallet? I have
1: my wallet right here, Richard. <laughs> I be like, yeah. Listen, yeah. I think I think here's 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 what's great about that is that you wouldn't just get people traveling in from all over the country, or, or probably in your case, all over the world, since you know YouTube's international. You would get a lot of people who locally live by who see reptiles come to their local town and they look at the tarantula stuff, but they keep on walking, keep on moving. Or if a spider gets into the home, they instantly kill it. I think something about the exposure to the animals would would be great for people um and also i think it could probably likely be the same space um that you shoot content at you know mm-hmm.
0: so yeah. but then i think yeah, you'd still was...
1: fill up your basement <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you still would. That,
0: uh, talked about a lot was like i mean even just like getting uh, a like a retail space or some commercial or even a loft or an apartment somewhere to keep everything so i had like a separate place to film
1: and how do uh, landlords so feel about that
0: <laughs> yeah that was i think i've talked about that before in one of the podcasts i'd actually exactly. there was like they had turned that this nail factory into these really cool loft apartments and i reached out to them because they had a pet policy that you can only have like two dogs and or no more than three cats mm-hmm. and i was like oh they're, they're open to pets and i was going to rent a loft and just set the studio in there and told them there was moving in tarantulas and scorpions and they changed their pet policy to no spiders uh, reptiles or snakes. I was like, okay, I can take a hint.
1: <laughs> it's it's interesting to me because I think that my dog could do far more damage to this apartment than anything else.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah,
1: you know, lifting a leg on a, on some exposed wood or so. You know, it's like. There's like yeah. stuff, you know, there's, there's more stuff that I think a, a dog or cat could get into, but you know, that's, that's my little uh, humble opinion there, but also like I'm in an apartment. It's like my, you know, when I first moved here, I didn't have a license cause I was from New York and I got put up at a hotel not far from here. And I literally walked around when I knew I wanted to live here. I didn't, I queer, I just finished. I was on a popular TV show here. I was here for three months and I was like, I'm going to move here. I'm gonna move here. I don't need to be in New York. And I just walk to the first full rent sign and, and <laughs> this is where I live. And so um and so my, I'm there's something called rent control here, where basically they can't raise your rent but by three percent every year. Um so I'm literally paying what I pay for this two-bedroom, two-bathroom, I could never get um not even a one-bedroom for for what I pay. So I'm kind of yeah. holding on to this as my little actor crash pad savings so that i can buy in the next couple of years and then i don't have to worry about that you know because i think mm-hmm. one of the things that i really want to do is make a, um the animal room so self-sustainable and or sorry not self-sustainable but user-friendly so that when people come in and if i do have um someone who is new to this that it's so easy to feed like i've got the the cricket game down to a science i know how to get the crickets out of the thing i know how to get them to not escape like i feel like i've been a little scientist and all this, I'm a little detective, um, yeah. And you know, just to make it user friendly for friends who have, and I was gone, you know, most of the the fall. But thank God, no longer than two and a half weeks. So there was two and a half weeks room for error, and then I would come back, and then two and a half weeks. You know, so it was like I got to sort of reset things and give notes, and so people got to to learn. Yeah, Very I'm curious cool. what other people do. If I, if anyone out there has tips on what they do please share mm-hmm. them with me or us because I'm so curious. Yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm sure a lot will depend on how large of an area that, you know, you're living in with, living in with, yeah. you know, as far as like who would be available to kind of help you out and stuff.
1: And then also um, like, why is there a service? Like, I feel like you can get a dog walker, but there aren't, mm-hmm. I mean, there aren't really like reptile babysitters or like you could drop them off at a pet store. You know, yeah. that's something you could do. But then what am I going to do with like, like, hi, I have all these, like, you know, ro- rolling <laughs> luggage of spiders.
0: No, Um, there's a in Houston, there's a business I've I've collaborated with a few times called Houston Frogs. It's who sent me my dart frogs. And they have a service where if you go on vacation, like up to two weeks, you can just drop your frogs off and they'll take care of feeding them and maintaining the humidity and stuff at no charge. Like you buy your frogs from them, that's just part of the deal, which I thought was, I mean, I don't live in Houston, Texas, so I wouldn't take advantage of it. But I was like, more places should do stuff like that. That would be really cool. When it comes to tarantulas, that would be difficult.
1: Yeah, but I also feel like there's got to be some tarantula hobbyists out there who are in college looking to make some extra money. And and people like me would really. I do want to thank the sponsors of today's show. And our first
0: sponsor today is no stranger to the podcast. And that is our friends over at Arthropod Ambassadors. Now, their aim is to support others interested in bugs and the well-being of arthropods around the world they're working on spreading education with resin art the mobile bug zoo and informational youtube videos as well as a recent new line of stickers and pins from compost enhancing roly-polies to alien-like top predator mantises arthropods come in all shapes and sizes And are waiting to teach us more about the earth that we all have in common. So if you're looking for a mantis, jumping spiders, isopods, roaches, or assassin bugs, head on over to arthropodambassadors.com and check out what species they have available. You can also find very helpful care videos for your pet mantis, scorpions, vingaroons, isopods, tarantulas, and other arthropods on their YouTube channel, also called Arthropod Ambassadors. You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date with any new content or species that they may have have available in the future so a huge thanks to arthropod ambassadors for sponsoring this podcast and if you want to learn more about them i'll link the podcast that we did together down
1: below in the show notes. um no but i just feel like it, this would be a great moneymaker for someone to you know to babysit these sort of specialty animals um i'm training just everyday pedestrians and turning them onto your channel
0: nice one actually one that. guy
1: actually wants one he's like i want you to come with me to get my first tarantula I was like, that's awesome that's how it starts
0: yeah I think it's really cool that you're starting to kind of, you know, I mean, I, I was looking at your Facebook and some of the videos that you had posted and stuff like that. And, you know, it, the stuff that you're doing on Patreon. And even if you're not discussing tarantulas, uh, you know, on the forefront, they're still in the background, kind of like they are right now. You, know? yeah. you can see there's some enclosures back there. And I think it's kind of cool that someone, you know, uh, you, you have an Emmy, like right next to a tarantula enclosure. I think I yeah. one of them. I was yeah. like, that is awesome. And yeah. I just think it's cool that somebody that, you know, that kind of has your reach and your following and your experience is pro tarantula, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Yeah.
1: I was very curious. It. You brought up so many topics about this and I had no idea that the um, hobbyists were, you know, under attack. I mean, I was so, I mean, I, you know, I, I called, I, I wrote my little letter Um, and, and and, and just learning about how the hobby and, and enthusiasts will be impacted by all the changes that are being proposed based on ignorance is, is, is tricky because I'm just like, what will it take? I mean, you have got such great educators who can go in and have a very simple conversation, but it seems like the stigma around these kind of pets is is really driving legislators to make poor choices about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of it is just misunderstanding or just having no knowledge. And yeah, I've like I got really irritated recently because uh, I follow Joe Rogan on Instagram, and he's been mm-hmm. posting pictures of spiders that he's found, or his dog hanging out next to a dead tarantula, and talking about how terrible tarantulas are and how scary spiders are. And uh, he was complaining about uh, people that keep snakes or psychos and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, you're the reason that we not not him solely, but you know what I mean. It's like that yeah. kind of attitude is what is, is poisons the public against. Not just keepers, but like the the animals themselves. You Joe know, Rogan gets...
1: calling people a psycho when he had people eat like you know cow <laughs> intestine and cow testicle. Oh, I mean, geez. remember Fear yeah. Factor? So oh, like, yeah. really, really, Joe? <laughs> um, and also, let's be honest. Listen, I uh, listen. I I don't claim to know all people, and certainly, you know, I don't represent all gay people. But he sounds like a man who might be a little scared of a snake. If That's you're gonna true. be Oh, you're crazy! If you keep them, why, why, yeah. why, why? You, why am I crazy? Do, do you want to hold it? Oh, you don't want. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, you. I mean, I mean, listen, I'm in joking, California but... and in Texas, so I mean, they're all around them—snakes and, and tarantulas and stuff. Well, I was, I was actually. Oh, this is like three years ago. We were in LA because uh, my wife has some family that lives out there, and and her cousin was getting married. And uh, it was like right outside Malibu. So we went out there for like the week and, you know, take the kids to Disneyland and all that kind of fun right. stuff. And she and I would sneak out of the Airbnb, leave the kids with the grandparents and we'd go hiking because that's kind of one of our favorite things. And we went to somewhere called we went to Tarantula Hill just because I saw it on the map I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. We'll check that out. But then there was like Scorpion Canyon or something, something along those lines. And we got lost because I don't know where I'm going in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, I thought that I was going down the road that took us to the trailhead and it actually brought us to this huge, um, heavily guarded, you know, like gated community. And I was like, what in the way, like, where are we? And they're like, you need to turn that car around and get out of here. And then like, we were, we were telling her, uh, her aunt about it. She's like, yeah, Joe Rogan lives up in there. A lot of celebrities. And I was like, so, how can he be scared of spiders and snakes when he's essentially living in their habitat?
1: Living in their like habitats. No <laughs> I think the best way to get over um, spiders, if you have anyone that is very fearful of spiders or just doesn't really, they kind of, you know, they, they don't know how they feel about it. I think for me, it was really helpful to watch your videos um, because I think the human connection, I mean, y- without meaning to, you have this way of talking about the spiders that I can tell you favor. Um, Or have some kind of emotional bond with, um, you know, not just that they're pretty or beautiful or that you love their feeding response, but that you have a bond with. And I think when people kind of pick up on that, I think they're like, oh, well, maybe a spider isn't something to fear if I just understood Mm. it better. But that didn't all that watching. I will be honest. All that watching did not do me any good. It was really when I was um, up close and personal and I had to, to for work had to handle the spider. And I wasn't going to say no to this job. And in the in the email to audition, they were like, seriously cannot be. And I, when I was on set, they were like, you're really not scared of this, right? Because we can't be like negotiating with you about like how long you hold it. Like we just got to get it done. So, I, you know, I needed the job. So of course I had to like, be okay with it. And the minute I did it, it was like, Now it's not even a thing, you know, like I, Mm -hmm. I don't frequently handle my spiders. I'm not like, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to go pick up a spider. It's not my thing. But if I'm rehousing and it happens to get on my hand, I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, so I'm not, (laughs) I'm I'm thrilled for the couple seconds it's there, um, but I'm not paranoid about it. And I felt like also just feeding them and being around them, the fact that I could be this close to a spider and not previously, I would have been like, you know what? Yeah. It's just not even a thing. When you're around them, you're like, oh, it's not as scary as I thought.
0: Right. I mean, it's that's something I learned uh studying meditation. It's like you can read every book about meditation and and know the philosophy, but until you start practicing it, you don't really have enough. It's like swimming. You can read every single yeah. book teaches you how to swim, but until you get into the water, you're not gonna know how to swim. So like you can watch every video I've made, but until you actually have a tarantula, you're not going to really true. have that experience and understanding. And there's something, that's why I think reptile expos are so cool because yeah. you can do all your research, know everything about these animals, and then you actually see them in person. And I don't know, like you kind of feel their vibe or their energy or, you know, it's just something, there's something magical and special about being in the presence of these animals, whether you take them home like- or not.
1: See, but that's the thing. If I go to a reptile expo that's out of town, then I can't take home the animal because I'd be on a plane, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can't just put a a tarantula in your carry-on.
0: No, but uh, almost every reptile expo I've been to, with the exception of the smaller ones, you know, most of the large ones. Like if you go to Tinley Park, the one that's outside Chicago or, you know, the one in St. Louis, I think there's one in Arlington, Texas as well. They have like they have booths there, so you buy some spiders or reptiles or whatever, and then you go to ship your reptiles booth, and they will package it up and FedEx. And you pay them right there, and, and like they will schedule it so the day you get home, uh, your your animals will arrive in the mail.
1: Richard, Richard, I'm telling you right now, I make this, I will make this pledge here on the YouTubes. The next big show <laughs> that you go to that has that, I'm gonna fly in. I'm gonna go one day. And I'm I'm going to go support y'all, but I'm going to go buy a spider and do, and try that because I'm very curious about nice. what it's like to experiencing it. But I want to go where I'll actually recognize some of the the creators. So I'm not walking around yeah. like a crazy person. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, so I, I think. Yeah, we'll get tarantula cat and all kinds of people. Oh come. my gosh, fun. I know.
1: Yeah. Um, What's the next? What are the next big ones that are coming around the rubber band? Because I know Tinley just happened, right? They-
0: yeah, Tinley just happened. They just had the one in St. Louis. I'm, I'm Usually they do it spring and fall. So okay. usually Tinley is like uh, end of October, beginning of November, right around Halloween. Okay. And uh, I think the one in St. Louis is usually a month after or a month before. I'm not exactly sure. The Halloween Everything one would be great. I mean, mm-hmm. I love
1: the the one that you did that was in the old like, psychiatric hospital or whatever it was.
0: Oh, yeah. It was the an old state penitentiary.
1: State pen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was a cool video. <laughs> Places. Yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. It's just there's creepy that creep. something like that creepy. is. Yeah. Like uh Charles Manson was trying to get into that prison. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of My crazy God. stuff. But yeah, it's it's a it was a neat show. And they're doing it again. Uh, he just sent me an email sometime in July. So hopefully we'll have a good turnout and yeah, it'll grow from there. It just I really but there wasn't that many
1: spiders, you said, right?
0: No, no, there was just one tarantula year. But I guess since I put out that video, now like because they, they moved to different cities around the state and in the area and other tarantula dealers have jumped on because they were like, Oh wow, there's, you know, there's a a market for this. So, you know, they've gotten some more tarantula dealers that are, are joining that show, which is cool. Uh, Brilliant. yeah, Brilliant. it's, it's like so, going to a zoo, you know what I mean, like if you enjoy yeah. going to a zoo, this is more like a hands on zoo like you're they're right there in front of you they 're not like you know twenty yards away behind glass. you know a lot of these animals are you're right there you can you can hold them uh people that are breeding them know a lot about them, you know, and they can tell you all about their care and where they come from and you take them out of their enclosure and let you like handle them if if they're a species that can be handled and, the know, worst and thing they got is, a lot of display wait, animals too.
1: I've gone to this reptile store here in town and sometimes I'll be you know, looking at the tarantulas and then I'll be like, um, what can you tell me about this one? I've already looked it up. I already kind of know, but I'm just checking to see mm-hmm. if they know. And they'll yeah. be like, oh, hold, they'll, they'll kind of tell you a little, oh, it's really just beautiful and we just fed it, like really generic. And then mm-hmm. I'll be like, Okay, but like, do you? And then I'll ask more specific questions. Like, you really want to talk to Bob? He's our he's our spider guy. And I'm like, you're going to sell me something without, you know, I, <laughs> I just because I mean, when I had um, my first Caribbean VersaColor, it was a sling. That also died and now I have a juvie that's thriving and doing great. But you know, when I first got it, they kind of fudged some of the instructions and then I watched mm-hmm. your videos, but it was because it was a sling. It was just really hard to like, you know, I don't know if it just died because it was a sling or like if it got the if it was too moist. I mean, I tried to keep the humidity normal down, but then it was also like, but then you also have to make sure that the water dish is in the right place and it's an arboreal thing and it's a sling. It was a whole mess. Um, yeah. so, so my opinion now is like, you know, I'd rather just have, uh, like now I just go to people who know me and my personality. I would be very curious to know what spider you would pick out for me to have in my care. And if I already have it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, first but, I just wanted to say the spiderlings, especially Avicularia or really Carabina, they're just really fragile to begin with. you can yeah. do everything right and sometimes yeah. just genetics they're just not going to survive because if you think about how many of them would survive in the wild you know like they have 500 slings in there you know the egg sack in the, in the wild some of them are going to get cannibalized you know the stronger going to eat the weak so they will be even stronger and then they'll become prey for other animals out there so mm-hmm. you know when you when you get a sling from that that's captive bred, you can't always expect 100% of those spiderlings to survive to adulthood. Right. You know, just yep. naturally they're just not designed to do that. So it's always disappointing. But I've talked to so many people that have done everything perfectly and, a, you know, a sling, a Caribbean of Versicolor still died. And it's just... It's just yeah. unfortunate, but, that, but that's why some people buy five at a time. They're like, yep. "I'll get five of them. That way, I know, you know, at least a couple of them are gonna are gonna survive I didn't, I
1: didn't learn that until after my my pink toe and my carabina died, and I was like, "Okay, noted. Yeah. Now I only want juveniles and larger." <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, and and the sling thing, and like the bulk sling thing, can backfire because what if all five of them thrive <laughs> now you've got now five you have adult. no money for rent. Yeah. You're, you're broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I I mean, just from the conversations we've had or we've had so far, uh, I mean, do you have a green bottle blue tarantula? A chromatopelly No, but I, was, but I
1: was I was literally shown one yesterday and instead I got the uh amelia. But mm-hmm. I what why do why do people freak out? There's so many pictures, gifs, and memes about green bottle blues. Why well, is it mean, they're they, fast or are they what what's the issue?
0: Well, they're the the best tarantula in my opinion just because they're so beautiful they stay out on display all the time they do i mean they web up the enclosure so beautifully i mean they're they're just very very gorgeous spiders but for a new world tarantula they're a little bolty like uh they're feisty you know like they're not gonna bite you really you know it's not something i would i would be worried about their defensive nature but they can move really fast so when you go to rehouse them. Sometimes you got to be very mindful and careful because they'll, they'll take off, you know, and sometimes they just open up the enclosure. They'll, they'll kind of spaz out a little bit and uh, just a lot quicker than you would think because they're so slow and and meticulous the way they walk until they get startled and then they're like lightning. Uh, but I think it's also they're, they're big hair kickers. So and if you're really sensitive to the urticating hairs, sometimes they, they can be a lot more apt to kick hairs and than, than I,
1: I haven't seen hair kicking in person other than with a feisty spider that Nate deliberately showed me that that was mm-hmm. a hair kicker like literally just was like here's this and he was as he was talking about the spider <laughs> I think she knew and she was like um but no I've never seen one of mine do that I've been a hundred percent a threat pose when like a prey item is dropped in. So I've seen that Mm -hmm. um, from one of the, but no. So, okay. So GBB. All right. Sorry. So I'm not going to be that scared of a GBG. It's GBB. It's really just the rehousing part that I need to be a little cautious.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if if you get one as a spiderling or a juvenile, like that's my favorite part is just watching the transformation and color and pattern as it grows. But if you start out young, you know, you get pretty accustomed to how it's going to react, so you can almost, almost anticipate. You know what they're going to do, because I mean yeah. they're they're a little boltsy and feisty, but they're also pretty predictable. You know, so you know it's going to run that direction. And, and one thing I've learned, especially with my GBB and some of my Brocky Pelmas that are are big hair kickers, is a lot of times, like if it's if it's on a table and you move your hand across the top of it. It's gonna kick hairs because it's gonna see that that kind of shadow, darkness yeah, and assume yeah. it's a bird or you know some kind yeah. of predator and it'll kick those hairs out. So when you're rehousing them or moving them around, if you can avoid kind of casting that shadow on the top of their head, Got a lot it. of times they're not gonna kick hairs at you. That's
1: a good so, tip. That is a yeah. very good tip. Um, okay, so that one and give me one more. How about I tell you what I have? Okay. Um I have a Gramostola polka, I have a Pl- Gramostola Poltripes. I have um, Rocky Palma Homori, Rocky Palma Amelia, uh, Carabina Versicolor, Pink Toe, um, Gramostola Rosea, and mm-hmm. um, a Curly Hair. I think I already said that. I think that's all the different kinds I have.
0: And you're That's trying to stick with just New World tarantulas? Are you are you wanting to avoid
1: they, Old World? Yeah, I was just okay. recently. I was trying to. He showed me this beautiful baboon, and he was like, "It's great. I mean, it's not for handling, but it's really beautiful. It probably won't do anything." And I was like, "Cause anytime you mention the words defensive, I'm like, fast forward. This is not the one. <laughs> Those are top five. Blah blah blah. I'm like, let's see what number two is. Let's see what number two is. I'm not doing number one. <laughs> yeah." Yeah, and um,
0: some of that is, is
1: but it's early keeper, the, it's early yeah. keeper vibes. I I have a okay. feeling we had this conversation next year, we're gonna be having a different conversation,
0: right? So yeah, still, I mean there's I'm some really new. cool but yeah, if you want to stick to the new worlds, uh I mean do you like arboreal or terrestrial more? If you have a I don't mind there?
1: arboreal, i no, because yeah. I have the, the pink toe I have right now and just like a, a large Zilla because it's a juvenile. Um uh-huh. you know, I think uh I have to the the self-made kind of you know five gallon sideways or ten gallon sideways that you did. I need to watch that video. Did you actually make a video about arboreal enclosures DIY?
0: I don't know if I actually did that. I talked about it in a video. Some people were asking about it, but I don't think I actually ever made the video.
1: Comment below if you'd like to see this video (laughs) Um, because he's about to suggest an arboreal species. No, like I think there was like like some of the avicularia, like the that are like purple or like the I don't know. I just don't want to yeah. die. And listen, I don't think that anything I'm, I'm joking, but I'm, I mean, I also just I, I think I the speed and the defensive at this station in keeping where I'm like under a year in keeping, I think it still freaks me out a little bit. So I want to get comfortable with these. However, I find that even when mine thrips, I'm not ever scared. The only time mm-hmm. I really got jumpy was I had ordered a, a VersaColor um, and it came in the mail and I had already unboxed perfectly with tongs and rolled it out of the uh, 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 Brocky Pelma Hamori. fine easy breezy it was like hi human I'm gonna go yeah. this little hide I'll stick it over here see ya then it was time for the VersaColor so I open up the tubing I pull out the paper towel it's paper towels in the enclosure so I'm like operating like we're playing operation with my little tweezers slowly sure gently ever so gently just making really slow movements and then boom like and i like (laughs) dropped the tweezers they fell out of the enclosure and i closed it and it was in there with a paper towel for like a minute but i what it was the the speed and then i was like laughing at myself like an idiot like for what it was a verse like like, nothing's gonna happen you
0: know
1: right right. yeah i mean i i
0: I was gonna suggest the Venezuelan Earth Tiger, like the Salmoptius erminia, because it's a black and orange tarantula. It's arboreal. They're gorgeous, but they came. But they're pretty fast, you know. Yeah. And uh, so maybe that. But I maybe instead, it's just kind of the same answer but different. Uh, the Dolicotheli Diamantinesis, which is the uh, Brazilian blue dwarf tarantula. They're, I mean, they're blue and red and beautiful. They're kind of semi arboreal. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. As spiderlings, they're extremely fast, but that you only really have to deal with that in the um, like initial, like when you're opening it up and put it in its enclosure. And it. if you do like what you mentioned, like put the tube in there and unroll it yeah. inside its enclosure, it's, you know, you're not going to have a problem.
1: Okay. But yeah, they're
0: really fast as slings, but as they get older, they're not. And I, mine's never given me a threat pose. I think. I remember One of the spiderlings that. gave me a threat pose once, but it's like, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're not even yeah. more Thanks, than like buddy. a centimeter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look real tall um, there,
1: dude. <laughs> I feel like I have chewed your ear off, and then you have another interview.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I do coming up. Um, okay. So we probably oh, should coming up
1: so in an hour. Yeah. I don't know what time. Oh. I don't know what time you're at. Oh, it's two forty five here. and oh, okay. yeah.
0: So I, I mean I got till three thirty and everything's already okay, set sorry. up, but okay, so yeah, we are you're... approaching the two hour mark for recording. So a you know, marathon we... here. <laughs> People started start getting a little they start turning off after a couple hours.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, this is true.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's funny because like when I put these started doing these podcasts, I was trying to keep them at an hour and was getting so many complaints. People were like, well, I'm, I listen to them while I'm working out or while I'm driving to work, and they're not long enough. And I was like, we'll, we'll go longer. And then I put some out that were like three or four hours, and people are like, All right, this is way too long. It's taking me like a week. I we gotta break it up into sections. So two hours seems to be the sweet spot.
1: Two hours is great. It is, and it's a it's, it's a natural, organic conversation. You know that. Yeah. That, that is definitely the, the amount of time. Okay, so the Brazilian dwarf beauty is that what you said? No.
0: Brazilian blue dwarf beauty. Yeah.
1: Brazilian blue dwarf yeah. beauty. Okay. Yeah, definitely
0: well. check them out. They're very cool. I mean, they don't get really really big either, but they're so colorful and beautiful. I really like yes. even as spiderlings. Yeah, yeah. So you've got we we talked about you know fin- fantasy islands coming out the Judd Apatow movie Bros was that correct? Yes, Bros. And then you said you've got something on Amazon Bosch oh, it's Legacy. Called
1: Bo- Bosch Legacy. It's a cop drama. Um, it's streaming okay. now. Um, it's now. I think it aired on Amazon Prime before, but now Amazon Prime is like. Um, you know, it's got different subsects under it. So it's a you know Prime Video. It's on a streaming platform called Freevee. It's free to watch. Yeah, if you like the Bosch series. It's like typical cop drama. If you like Law and Order, SP SV- well not Law and Order, but if you like any of these cop dramas, it's very that. And this is the spinoff. So it's sort of picking up on where the series ended. This picks off on. On where it's going now, because it's sort of a transitional thing between um, the lead officer, Bosch is now leaving the force and going into the FBI and his daughter is going into the academy. And Mm. I play a training officer in the academy. And um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, this was one of the one of those jobs where it was a smaller role. It was a co-star. So that means like under five lines, but it had a great like shootout scene and um, and so we took it because they just got picked up for season two which I knew they would and um, and so the hopes is that once you're part of the um, the precinct that you'll be utilized more and they season two is notorious for expanding on characters so that's the hope but it was just also as a diehard fan so like yeah. there's some shows where I'm like I will play a tree I just want to be on it <laughs> You know, here's looking yeah. at you, Bridgerton. Um, but yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: my wife. Well, I can't say my wife loves. I watch it right there. I love that show yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it
1: was super fun. <laughs> I, I just actually, um, uh, I just actually interviewed two cast members from Bridgerton. On, uh, actually didn't interview them, but they were on the same episode. I did Daily Pop on Monday, which is like a yeah. You know, entertainment news show and and they were the guests so I got a picture with them but they weren't in my segment uh, when I was hosting but it was they, they are I, that to be in that bubble of those kids who literally had their lives changed overnight must be really fascinating you know you do 10 episodes of a series on Netflix and then it blows up and the world takes you by storm and you know I yeah. I remember what that's like and it's it's, it's daunting and um, I kind of <laughs> like what the life I have now which is I'm the guy who I'm the guy from that show I always say because I pop up on things like were you the were you the murderer on bones or were you on grace and frankie were you on grace anatomy i just i thank god i've had a career i'm always working on different stuff i really would like to be on one show and yeah on that but um did you just say you
0: were on you were on grace and frankie
1: yeah there was an episode where i think my um, wife is
0: binging that right now
1: Oh, she definitely saw me. I played Jojo the nurse when one of the boys has a heart attack and he ends up in the hospital. Um, One of the two older guys in the show. Um, I am their nurse who's out and now they're newly out and they're trying to figure out what their life looks like as seniors and yeah. making up for lost time. And I'm like inviting them to drag bingo and all this stuff. And they're like, one of them's like, that's not for me. And the other one's like, well, I want to try this stuff. And they have that discussion. <laughs> of like, all right, well, who are we going to be? We were both, you know, and um, anyways, it was a fun moment. And, and I had done a sitcom on ABC with Lily Tomlin and Reba for a full year. It ran for one season. It was called Malibu country and you can stream it on, on Hulu. It's called Malibu country. And so I was, most of my scenes were with Lily and we were always like the troublemakers. Um, She was a grandma who was basically cutting a a new lease on life in Malibu. Um, That was sort of her journey and I was sort of like her partner in crime. So when I auditioned for Grace and Frankie, I saw she was a producer. So I text her and I'm like, hey Lily, I'm going in for your show and congratulations, I'm loving it. And she was like, two days later, Jay, darling, so good to hear from you. Good luck. And I was like, uh oh, (laughs) But I went in and auditioned and booked it on my own, Mary. And then when I got to set, she brought me around like I was her grandson or something. It was like, This is my Jay. And um, <laughs> that was just amazing, like meeting Jane Fonda and you know, having yeah. these scenes with, you know, yeah, these great guys and 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 just icons in the and that was an interesting thing to work on a show like Grace and Frankie, where, you know, the top four people build on it have been working in Hollywood forever and no ego. Kind, generous really? with their time, and treated the guest stars like they were part of the family. And then you go on a show where someone's new and they're so full of this new energy and they think they're a star and they don't like engage with guest stars or they ignore you because there's gonna be another one of you next week. And, uh, um, yeah. and it was like the professionalism, um, and how you treat people. Uh, I'll never forget that because it's it was just really it was always stuck with me.
0: Yeah, I, I was, uh, she she watches ahead of me all the time, but I was when I she first started watching it. It was a uh, Sam Waterston. He's uh, he he's he's like the I think I'm saying his name right? The guy from yeah. Law and Order. Yeah, yeah. And I was having a hard time. I was having a hard time like buying his character because I was so I had binge watched yeah. Law and Order for so long. Yeah, it was just like. I, that's all i could see and i'm yep. so I, I struggled for like the first five or six episodes but then yep. he, he sold me on the roll so yeah yeah he's it's, he, it's he, a was a slow,
1: he was a slow burn for me too i'm not gonna lie and martin sheen and him martin sheen is the one who has the stroke or or has yeah. some heart condition and then you know you know uh, saul or um what's his name he he's the one who wants to like live it up um, yeah. And Martin Sheen, of course, is like, no, that's not for us. Um, but anyway, it was, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's, that, I think going back to bros, I think that was what was so great about this role. Like when I was, I remember my first day on set, I have this big scene with my brother and, and one of the writers who I kind of knew socially, or I, I think he's like a producer, or whatever. He came mm-hmm. up to me and was like, people are going to need to look at the credits to know it was you like you're unrecognizable in this role which i love because that is literally my job but when i share stuff with people they're like what you did what and i'm like yeah you know i like i i did the rookie on abc um i think 2020 it aired and um and i play this like guy who's Uh, it's essentially kind of like a murderer kind of. And, and, uh, and I think that was kind of a a journey for some people because it wasn't the cheerful, joyful Jay they were used to, but I think they were surprised at how part of my job is to embody that for the moment and and sell you on that fantasy.
0: It's very cool. I I almost made it to Hollywood. Uh, I guess it was probably about 18 months ago. I had a movie producer uh, reach out to me through email. We ended up talking on the phone a lot and they were filming some movie, that had tarantulas in it. And there was like specific species he was looking for. And he had reached out to um, bugs in cyberspace who at the time was in Seattle or somewhere like that. Portland, I think it was in Portland and that's where they were filming. And he was like, no, I'm not there anymore. I'm in Arizona. Uh, But he gave him my email and we, I mean, I talked to this guy like two or three times about like how to film him and uh you know what species i had available and what lenses and cameras i would use and and what footage i may already have that they could use and and there was one scene where the tarantula was walking across the desk he's like we really need to film that on set can you bring him by and i was like sure when when are you wanting to do that and uh, he was like well on tuesday and i was like okay well i don't think i can get a flight out there in that time let alone bring the tarantula with me he's like wait where are you i was like i'm in i'm right outside pittsburgh he was like yeah that's not going to work
1: and i was yeah. like, no I was so close. (laughs) Richard, I guarantee you there is no one I will think of sooner than you for this kind of thing. I think, you know, look, (laughs) you have because here's what you have in your favor. You already have the showmanship down. You have the tech part. You kind of part of being a great entertainer is understanding what your contributions, um, how they fit into the bigger picture. But you now are fully responsible for creating the entire picture from the behind the scenes to in front of camera. So you come yeah. into these kind of projects with an advantage. Um, and I'm so fascinated with it. I'm determined to, um, uh, you know, I've created shows that have made it to television. I have executive produced shows. And I am so determined to make something in this space happen. So, so we'll be talking about <laughs> That would about be awesome. I think it'd be great. You know, like I think the human spider connection is underappreciated, but also um, how we can talk about, um, you know, the fears people have and how that is a broader issue. Spiders, it could just be one variation of like challenging people to lean into the things that frighten you because there's actually strength and courage and empathy and compassion and your world gets bigger when you're less scared of things that you have no reason to be scared of.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that couldn't happen at a more important time than now with all the Lacey regulations mm-hmm. and, you know, all the villain, villain, villa vil, what's the word? Making vilification? villains. Vilification. Yeah, vilification. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was trying to add an extra in, in there. But, yeah. over, you know, vilifying the pet hobby and stuff like that. I I, I think getting some positive, uh, you know, images out there would be really good because, yeah. I mean, I, that would be awesome. I would love to do something like that. And then I get frustrated when I see things like on History Channel or, a discovery or something like that where they're you know these guys are going out into nature and they're doing a lot of like nature documentary kind of stuff uh but then they come to the tarantulas and they just exaggerate like i was watching one in caves of like uh, a vicularia a pink-toed tarantulas on the guy's back and they're talking about how that's the most venomous dangerous spider in the jungle and i'm like i think is what is less venomous than a bee like what why are you making yeah. it out to, like i know you're doing it for the dramatic feel but it yeah, it's like they're at the detriment of the tarantula itself and the hobby in general. And I just don't think most people know or even uh, aware of that that exists. And the clickbait ratings or whatever. Yeah,
1: ratings and the clickbait vibe of making spiders, some spiders specifically, um, scarier than others. The fact that, like, you know, little Brocky Palma that was super docile with me, and you know that she just magically was like fine for twenty takes of this stranger offering a hand. And she, I mean yeah i was like can i how do you really want this spider because i will take this back <laughs> i was like googling can you bring spiders from puerto rico also there's like Ooh. some kind of puerto rican i know i was like you can't um there is a puerto rican avicularia i think
0: uh-huh yeah puerto rican pinto.
1: yeah but you said it was i th- i think you covered it didn't you cover it i think yeah, avicularia,
0: it- avicularia is, is one of them yeah
1: but it's like soup. I think there's something like bad about it. I think <laughs> it was like
0: a Puerto Rican tarantula. If it's I mean, Puerto
1: Rican, it would track that it's spicy.
0: Yeah, I I can't think of one. I I know that there are there are a few in in South America that can be a little a little venomous. But I feel like Puerto Rico only has the avicularia. But I could I I know as soon as I say that somebody like Martin's going to be like, no, there's actually these species too. I know Cuba uh you know some of the Central America they got some that are a little hot but
1: because I'm Puerto Rican I wanted I wanted something from Puerto Rico but then I was also yeah. wanting something, like user-friendly um, that's actually the say.
0: first place I was going to go to film like a nature documentary style it's because I, I had some people had reached out to me from there and I, I don't think you need a passport or it's not as difficult to get to Puerto Rico as it is some other yeah. countries part so of the U.S.
1: Like, it is literally yeah. part of the U.S. and I went to shoot this and it was We went to this rainforest called El Yunque, which I think means the forest, but my, again, (laughs) bad Spanish. So I went and it was like, first of all, when we were shooting the show, 99% of it was outside. It looks, how it looks on the show, which is bright and vibrant. I thought they color corrected it. And I'm sure they do adjust the color for television to make it brighter, but I've never been anywhere where the colors and the greens were so vibrant. It was next level. Um, oh, wow. They definitely have tarantulas because my cousin texted me a picture of this massive one. And he's like, because I know you like them, I'm going to you know, brush it away with a broom. Um, and he, he did. <laughs> he's like, but that people do kill them there um, all yeah. the time. Um, and I posted a picture, I don't know if it was on your Facebook, but it was on one of the Facebook posts. And I said, can someone tell me what this is? It's in Puerto Rico. And they gave me the name of it. And I can't remember now, but it was big and black. And they said, Oh, it's a male. And he's probably just looking for a little, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Aren't we it's all? Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking and sharing your experience and stuff like that. And and just being a positive you know, kind of ambassador for exotic pets, you know, out there in Hollywood. And that's I just think it's very cool of you, man. I appreciate it.
1: I am trying. And if you're out there watching, please connect with me on socials. I need more spider and exotic pet, uh, pet friends because I feel like one of the biggest things is I recognize I'm new and I recognize that there's a lot to learn, but there's something beautiful about constantly putting yourself in the space of always learning you know, eating the meat, spitting out the bones. If it doesn't apply, let it fly. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, kind of learning how to uh, get as much information about the care of these uh, great creatures as possible. Um, And also, I just think it's fascinating to look at other people's pictures and their enclosures and just kind of see their care. And I love a good feeding video and and yeah. yeah, and I would love I would love a D- DIY <laughs> video on how, how you make your arboreal enclosures because I was like, where do I get an arboreal enclosure that big? I guess I'm just going to get like a zoo med, like a front opening or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the reason I didn't, um, and and first off, anybody watching on YouTube, uh, all all Jay's social media, I've got it scrolling across the bottom just of, the, my of the screen there. But yeah, I'll also have links in the description okay. or in the show notes and stuff like that, so people can can check you out. But I I had made those videos, and I had like, you know, I've made a lot of those, you know, retrofitting ten gallon aquariums to arboreal enclosures. And about the time that I I had started making videos and releasing them, there were a few companies that came out that like already had, like they just had pre-made acrylic sheets that were already cut and had the, I think gecko. I want to say. So see, I don't know that. So you're
1: saying gecko habitats or or something like that? Ten gallon glass enclosure that I don't have to like the screen that it comes with there is a company that makes acrylic pre-made lids for
0: that. like like you just go to the pet store like when they're having like yeah. a dollar per gallon sale, and just buy the yeah. aquarium with no lid or anything okay. just a glass aquarium and then you put it on its end and i wish i would remember that it's it has something to do with geckos it's like gecko habitats or gecko supreme or gecko, something like that okay and you just tell them i've got this size of enclosure um, and usually on the on the aquarium, it'll have the dimensions, So you can even yeah. like just kind of double check it. But they've got yeah, pre pre made pre cut. Uh, they've got hinges, they got the ventilations, all that kind of stuff. So you just they ship it to you. And then you just get a little bit of a I think they even send you the uh, aquarium silicone it's just kind of put around the lip and then shove that in there and let it cure for a couple of days. And it's all sealed up and ready to go. And it's like, when I was making those, that wasn't available. So I'm like going to the hardware right. store and buying big sheets of acrylic and cutting and measuring and, and all that getting acrylic. I mean, it was, it was a pain getting the latches yeah. and the hinges and all that and get them to stick. And then I saw, Oh, you can just for the, the same amount of money. That's what was the most frustrating. Cause Great! Right, like plexiglass right. can be expensive, and then you have to buy all the tools to cut it and everything correctly, so you don't you know damage it. It's like the amount of money somebody would have to spend to make their own. They could they could just buy one from this company. So one. all
1: right, well, good to know. Yeah. Richard, yeah. sure thank you for your time. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for making spiders less scary. This is a huge honor to be here. I, I I'm, I'm a member of your Patreon. I like flying oh, your videos you. and, and I try to tell as many people as possible. And mark my words, I really think we need to make this show, this, uh, this uh, queer eye meets uh, tarantula collective moment, go house to house across the nation and help people with their exotic pets.
0: That would be awesome. I would love that. Just, I, <laughs> I, think, I think people would enjoy that. Let's that would get be Andy cool. Cohen on the
1: line. Maybe one of the housewives wants a tarantula.
0: <laughs> very cool. <laughs> no I, I do gotta say before I let you go, I, I've had a lot of people on my podcast, and this is the first time my wife has been like impressed. <laughs> <laughs> she like, Oh no my god. Way. <laughs> oh
1: well, give my love to your wife and and thank I her will. for uh for loaning you out to these videos. I'm sure this is a (laughs) lot of time away from from her. But this is a really sweet thing because also too, like I said, I'm always so concerned. I'm like, no one's going to date me with these spiders. So she's living proof it's possible.
0: Definitely. All right, Jay. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, check out the uh, the show notes for all the links to Jay's social media and follow them and like and watch the videos. All the things, and, and it's all yeah. good stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I'm i looking forward to these, especially that movie that Judd Apatow movie. I'm That's definitely going to have great. to go see it's, that in the theaters.
1: It's the gay bridesmaids vibe. You're going to have a great time. It's Judd Apatow. You're going to get the humor and Billy Eichner. And I think me, I, I may surprise you. He's going to be a different kind of this guy a little bit more than you're used to seeing.
0: <laughs> I dig it. All yeah. right Well thank you so much man and thank you everybody for listening. We will uh, we'll see you in the next podcast. Goodbye Bye. Right. and that is a.
1: Thank you so much. much. That was fun. Anytime, anytime. So yeah, so I really want to figure out how to like. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to. I'm at Gersh, which is like the largest agency for TV, and my um, non-scripted agent does like all original content programming. I wonder. I'm gonna ask her to put feelers out to like any of the station, any of the channels who do like nature, like what is Animal Planet up to? What is Nat Geo doing? And would they be open to this? Because they periodically reach out because I took meetings with them. I hosted the show on Animal Planet. It was like Project Runway format, but for dog groomers. So I was the host mm. and they were buying to be America's Next Top Dog Groomer. So every couple of years, they check in to see where I'm at and where I'm, uh, what I'm open to doing with them. But I haven't seen outside of Tanked anything that is about pet care that isn't dog or cat related um yeah yeah so i'd be curious than like training
0: there was that uh caesar milan but i mean that was more training than caring and, and
1: it's all oh, what stuff. was the other
0: guys there was a guy who did cats uh something about cats from hell or something that that guy was funny. yeah i don't remember his name though but oh shoot i didn't do the odyssey thing the honest. Do. Oh, don't worry about it. I got it. Oh, okay.
1: Oh my gosh. I just realized, sorry, sorry for the viewer. We're recording this visually. And then I was supposed to record audibly and I just saw the app and I was like, Oh my gosh.